Hello, everybody, and uh, welcome to the Freshly Awoken podcast uh, number 15. Uh, this week, we're going to be talking about the big one, Trump. All right. What a title. What a title. Uh, but um, before we roll into the topic, uh, we've obviously got to intro our guests. So uh, we've got Pablo. Wait, where are you in relation Below to you. Below me. <laughs> Pablo, uh, do you want to talk a little bit about who you are? Hello. My name is Pablo. I'm um, from the United States. I live in New Orleans, Louisiana. Um, I work as a pediatric pediatric provider, so I just work with children every day. Um, I've been following the Freshly Awoke podcast. I think it's where I originally found them. Um, ah. I'm glad to be here. Is that actually where you originally found us? Cool. Um, I think I found you playing Raft like, a long time ago. I saw you playing oh, Raft. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's what started it all. Nice, nice. That's great. Yeah. Um, and uh, we've also got joining us uh, someone that we're calling Mr. Lunch. Yeah. Uh, do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself, mate? Um, my name's Matt. I'm from Perth, Western Australia, and currently I am in America um, on the ground floor, really getting to know the topic that we're getting stuck into today. So nice. I'm really, nice. I'm really, really learning a lot while I'm here. Okay. Very nice. Uh, awesome. All right. Um, last thing to do before, oh, obviously, we got Fresh as well. Uh, yeah, what's going hey, on? Hey, Fresh, guys? how are you hey, going? Hey, I'm hoping that this podcast goes all right. Me and Woke are obviously both in Perth, but the other two are in the US. So uh, Discord might have a bit of lag. We'll see how we go. But um, well, yeah, it should be all right. I'm going well. How you doing, Woke? Yeah, I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Uh, you know, same old, same old. Good. I haven't uh, been busy over summer. That's uh, my like peak time when I'm busiest. I'm a social butterfly, but... Uh, yeah, I'm excited to get back into streaming and podcasts, which will be starting soon. So, uh, yeah, uh, beer review, fresh. You know what? Uh, what, yep. what beer have you got? Well, hold on, we got to say beer review. Oh wait, I'm oh not mate, yet. oh don't, no, don't wait, worry. one more time. Don't, one no, more don't time. talk to me. That nah, is done. Uh, so, <laughs> I've got a uh, four pines. Oh, it's it's a little bit green, so it's a little bit coming out on the screen, but it's a margarita. Gose, margarita gose. I don't even know what it is, but I'm I'm really excited to give it a shot. How about you, Woke? What do you got? Uh, you know, I've got a, a classic Australian beer this time. All right. You, many, a, many a lad drinks this beer. A Carlton Dry. <laughs> Carlton Dry. Absolutely Ooh. classic. Dry. <laughs> Ultra smooth, it says. Low bitterness and lower carb. <laughs> so oh, you know yeah. it's going to be. You know it's okay. going to be crisp. Uh, all right, man. Let's, mm, uh, let's mate. crack this crack and get going, open. shall we? Yeah. Um, I know Mr. Lunch loves a good Aussie beer. He's a he's a fan of the is it Swan Draft, Mr. Lunch? Oh mm, open open up a can of Swan Draft for me and <laughs> ooh, I'll go for hours. But um fortunately enough after being in America, I've found that the old Bud Light really hits home strong. Bud Light, nice. okay, all right, yeah. Bud Light, yeah. It is beautiful. I have a can right here. The oh. restaurant staff are not happy. I'm streaming live from a restaurant, by the way. Um <laughs> At but, 6 a.m. you know, at 6 a.m. Yeah, it's very early in the morning. <laughs> someone, uh, someone in the chat just wrote, "Imagine Mr. Lunch is doesn't have a white claw." <laughs> and we, we were actually just talking about that before. So, damn. Yeah. Uh, awesome. Right. Doesn't well, have a white claw. But it's not a white claw. Okay. Uh, so let's get straight into the topic, guys. Um, usually we have a question to what? intro the topic, but this is less of a question. It's just me saying. Uh, well, I thought I should say, all right, this is the, the, the charitable part. No person is perfect, right? So, of course, we're going to be able to find faults in every person and every president. But I would argue that there's so many faults 
um, so much wrong in Donald Trump that he is he's not not at all a good president. And I've got plenty of uh, well, I've kind of boiled it down to a couple of reasons why, but I think his intelligence and character is is a, is of poor form, and then his uh, policy and economically. Uh, wait, what? Pol- policy. He's got poor policy. That's what I want to say as well. But um, I think we wanted to throw it to Mr. Lunch first because he had he had to. He's he's the pro-Trump here. Um, I think the only one because we had a couple of lads uh, not be able to show up, unfortunately. But um, what do you think, Mr. Lunch? You obviously like Trump. Yeah, absolutely. Um. Yeah, so the first thing that you brought up, so the first one, intelligence. Um, is intellect as far as the capacity to run government, or do you mean his intellect in general? Um, considering his history before he became president, um, surely you'd have to accept that there is something about him that, you know, he is actually quite the switched-on man. I guess I would say, I don't think he's a, <laughs> I still wouldn't say he's a switched-on man, but I, I, I feel like... I've never heard him talk about a particular point, like any policy point with any sort of nuance, any sort of informed opinion at all. It's just been like, yell things about immigrants, yell things about a wall, saying very simple things that he doesn't seem to understand. Um, what's an example? So give us, give us an example of a thing he said about the border wall that you find... Well like ill-informed? I guess like um, things like uh, conflating the amount of money that immigrants cost to... Government, like he continued to repeat, two hundred and seventy-five billion dollars is how much immigrants cost, and things like that, where they're they're just fairly, fairly blatant lies. I think. Yeah, um, the two seventy, uh, I agree, does sound about wrong. Um, the numbers that come from the White House for that is actually closer to one hundred and ten billion a year. Um, so yeah, that already I can understand that that's a little bit far off. The the exact number that he says, yes, wrong, but can, I mean, I at least appreciate that there is still a significant number there and maybe the nuance isn't what you should be worried so much about. It's actually the issue at hand, whereas $110 billion are being lost, um, well, we'll say on average, to illegal immigration, not just immigration. There's a good, we should, I mean, do we want to talk about immigration now? It's a good one to come, come back to, or we can, we can, we can talk about that now because we, we, I mean, me and, so me and Mr. Lunch know each other. We work together. We talk about these things very often. I love our chats. It's actually really fun. We often have a few pints at the, at the, at the pub and get into this. (laughs) And, uh, and immigration (laughs) has definitely come up a lot. Um, so, so, um, the old, so the walls, the walls going up guys. Well, maybe we'll see. Seems like yep. it. Oh yeah, no, it is. No, it seems it like is. it's gone. Did you go? Did you go and visit the wall? Is that why you're there to go and like kiss the wall? <laughs> no, um, I was actually I was never really close to the wall. The closest I got was in Dallas, yeah, and it's enough. not even that close. Yeah, no. fair enough. Well, so um, there's he's got Trump's got very anti-immigration policies, obviously, and a stance mm. that's um, anti-illegal immigration. It's also He's um, appealing to remove DACA, DACA. I don't know how you pronounce it. Um, and uh, and even his he's he's tightening up on legal migration as well a hell of a lot. Um, should we tackle like I mean illegal immigration first because we've already brought that up. Like um, you're saying, a hundred million dollars is the the cost of illegal immigrants yeah. being in the company. I feel like I've heard. Brilliant. I've also heard. Um, 
proud to talk about that that number as well. And I looked at the study, and like they they put things in there like like border securities in there at many millions of dollars. More than half of the cost um, was um, public uh, schooling. So they're saying like schooling costs like $60 million or whatever. So that's illegal immigrants are taking money there. Things that don't seem like they should be um, put into this costing us money kind of thing. Yeah. Well, I, mean, um... I mean, that that, that, is a, that is a cost though, right? Like it is a cost to the public system to have every, every student that's in the public system is a cost to the government, right? Yeah, of course. Yeah, so so if you've got a whole lot of illegal immigrants that have kids in illegal kids that are actually US citizens now because they were born here, if I'm not mistaken, um, they if they, if they were born in the US, they them taking up the the system is that that's like a cost, right? Yeah, I guess like any public schooling is a, is a cost, definitely. But wouldn't you um, like it, it's a they've taken all of the negative costs and just added them all up, um, but haven't accounted for like future huge positives that people being educated bring to the economy. I think probably because that they they're a lot harder to like conflate and put into terms. I definitely think that you need to talk about it, but being able to like assign a monetary value to that is hard. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. But then, like, it'd be the same as like saying no one should have um, free uh, education in Australia or, or America because, like, it's always going to cost. But we want to have an educated population, so we want to want to do that. That seems like a good thing to do. Mm, yeah, I think it's. I think it's just it's a it's a hard one, especially illegal immigration, because in Australia we've got it we've got it quite easy. You know, where we're so far away from everybody that for people to get here, it's actually quite hard and the numbers that we're talking about when you compare um, um like australian illegal immigration to like u.s illegal immigration is like completely different so it's so hard for especially me to get a grasp of like what it means and how like what it really means in unless you're like on the ground but like is it is it as like i feel like there's a bit of like fear-mongering around it like trump does this kind of thing where he's like it is like the worst thing in the world at the moment it's like this huge he's like one of his top issues is it really that bad pablo mr lunch you guys yeah, uh, yeah I, I to be fair everything which is kind of i mean it's it's hard to get what he actually means versus what people are reading what he says so for example yeah he says it's going to be the greatest it's going to be the biggest um when it comes to climate change we're going to have the cleanest air um, we're gonna have the best budget, so it, it's hard to like kind of. Oh, Pablo just cut out a little bit there. Sorry, Pablo, you cut out then. For... Oh my bad. Um, I was just saying that he overgeneral he overgeneralizes a lot. Yeah. <laughs> but let me see if I can switch over to another internet source. That's all good. What do you reckon, Mister Lunch? It feels like everyone's cut now. Are you still there? I'm still here. I'm, I'm just listening. I, uh, I think, okay, don't get me wrong. We're talking about a businessman who, through years and years of making himself successful, knows the rhetoric to get people on board with what he's trying to say. So he's, mm -hmm. first of all, he's stuck in his ways in that point. Mm -hmm. Second thing is we're making the assumption that anybody who's successfully into the country deserves to benefit from the goods of that country. 
matter is, <coughs> even though it might be $60 million to pay for, uh, again, I'm, I'm taking your word for these numbers, dollars to pay for the public education and say $100 million for their healthcare, whatever it may be, mm. doesn't the fact that they were never entitled to the things to begin with to complain about money, even if it's $1, shouldn't be allocated to people who do not actually belong to this system. So how do you First think, of all... How do you think they can fix that? Do you think they should just get rid of them all? So America has taken in more legal immigrants uh, than they did uh, Obama on average per year. Okay. It's not as though they've closed, like they've locked it down. Look at the fact that people immigrate illegally crime. So you're cutting out a little bit. I just yeah. heard illegally and I heard crime. People immigrate Illegally, they. Did you hear him, Mike? No, I didn't hear him. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Can you hear us? Yeah, there we go. There we yeah, go. Yeah, yeah, there we yeah. go. I'm yelling in a restaurant. <laughs> um... Uh, yeah. So, like, I get, I kind of get where you're coming from. That whole like, um, they're not entitled to it, but isn't it kind of like? I don't know. I, I always struggle to separate that. Like when you're talking about like monetary and stuff, and then they, these people that are illegally immigrating are, are looking for like a better life. And they, the, as much as you say, Oh, like we've let in as many people as possible. I, I struggle like to differentiate between um, the people that are legally immigrating and the people that are illegally immigrating in terms of what they actually want. And what they want is they go, wow, America is an incredible place and that's where I want to be. It's where I want to live. It's where I want to raise my family. I want to contribute to that society. But they can't do that through the legal system because it's so like restricted in the amount of people that can um, migrate. And um, obviously when you're coming from a place that's like borderline a war zone, um, there's like, uh, there's, it's, your actions in your previous life are, are like kind of affect that. And, and sometimes you get denied based on like where you've lived or where you've grown up or who you've been around. Um, and so they go, okay, I want to, I'm going to have to illegally migrate, but like, isn't there like a, I don't know, human decency thing to uh, like with immigration and letting people immigrate kind of thing. What about the human decency of the people who are already in the country? But I don't think, I don't think it like, unless you're talking about like crime rates and, and criminal activities, I don't think having people like, th does it, does it really affect the people in the country that much on a day-to-day -day basis? Well, it, again, it depends on where in the country you are. So if you take somewhere like California, where there is a huge amount of illegal immigration, large upsells in Take particular San Francisco, probably one of the most unclean cities in America, um, where they have, I think there's an app out now where you can track where there is actually poo on the street. It's, it's, not, it's not doing their city well, picking in all these people that they cannot house. Um, the other thing is you've got to consider that there are people in rural America, so we'll say closer to the border, maybe New Mexico or Texas, um, 
these are people who experience loss in their families, who's, um, who might have a family member who's been killed by a person who has illegally immigrated. Um, and I'm not saying all illegal immigrants are killing people. Some of the really, really bad people who make it across the border, they do commit crimes, they do kill people as they get by. And mm -hmm. there are countless stories of this happening uh, to families in Texas, families in New Mexico. Um, it's, that's a loss of an American life because somebody crossed a border illegally. Why do you think people cross the border illegally, though? I think they're forced to. They're from where they live in the home. Like there's something driving them out where they'd rather fight a really tough road into getting to America, possibly having to fight via crime, having to eat scraps. Mm. Um, whether it's corruption, you know, if they're coming from Honduras or Nicaragua, typically it's political corruption. Um, if it's closer to the border, maybe it's just looking for a better place to live, support family, or send money back to Mexico. Um, yeah, good. That depends. Depends where they're fleeing. There could be many different motives. So if they're, um, so if they, I mean, if they want to get out of their country and they can't, um, why can't, why, why, why is there a problem to migrate legally? Is there, is it because of the um, system? The numbers would be pretty drastic if everybody tried to do it legally. I think we'd be very overwhelmed at the border with the process of legalization. Um, mm -hmm. And if you get turned away, your your name is in the system. So if you do come over illegally after applying legally, it's obviously it's going to create some problems for me. You know, they have your name, they have your identification. Um, but yeah, it's hard to say why people come and why they hide because a lot of people come here and they hide. Like I see Hispanic patients a lot where the kid is legal, you know, they're born here, mm. but the dad will never come to the appointment for yeah. fear of me reporting to the state or maybe ICE will raid us. But yeah. I mean, that's not my job. But yeah. there's just such fear out there that they, they they don't go to schools, they don't go to the hospitals, they don't go to the clinics. Yeah, um, they live a life in fear. Which is, if you're leaving a life in fear to live in another life in fear, one one of those previous lives must be pretty drastic. Pretty bad, yeah, yeah. So um, I feel like if these people are going to come <laughs> over, their the, their preference would be to migrate legally. So maybe there should be more yeah. funds allocated to to helping the legal migration purpose, which has been very proven to be very, very effective in, in helping the economy um, and, and like yeah. and them be less legal ones. You still there, Mr. Lynch? Yeah. That, uh, yes, Lynch. absolutely. Uh, good. That's a very tough, um, <laughs> well done. It's a definitely very tough subject that it's not going to be solved overnight, but I, I do think that Trump, how he gives attention to some things, like he puts 10 minutes into the border and it's very irrational. You know, we took up all these people separated from families and then we did it quickly. So we, and then we ran into problems where, you know, anytime you rush into something so fast, like where do we keep these people? Mm -hmm. um, how do we handle their health care? Mm -hmm. Now we're just keeping people prisoner, which takes even more money. Mm -hmm. Like yeah. it costs more money to hold them prisoner, you know, just so you, we're not saving money there. I think it was just, it was something done a little too fast. There was never really answers to things that came up. Mm. One thing that I like to think of is what is the what is the end game of letting anybody in? So what is as soon as you say, all right, we're just going to open borders up. I guess you would draw the parallel to what's happening in Germany and happening in Sweden and all these European countries that said borders are open. Um, what what would the end game be for America if you said, "All right, just enter, look, come and get a better life"? Yeah, 
Yeah, that, that's definitely true. But one thing I think that contraindicates all this of we, we don't want them to come here. We want to limit how many people can come, but we cut off funding for aid to those countries. Like, how can they go home now even more so than ever whenever their aid has been cut off? Which, I mean, it's not our – we shouldn't have to give aid to everybody, okay? I think I know people get into – we shouldn't be giving money to every single country. But if we don't give this aid, they're going to come here. And then if we cut off their aid, they're definitely even more so going to come here. And there's a problem of you know, aging population and a and a declining birth rate. So, um, like the the people the the people that come in and take and and like help support the the aging population, I guess you'd say, is is a quite a positive thing as well. Anyway, yeah, so um, yeah, you're not wrong. Underpopulation is actually a looming problem in um, particularly in Western countries. Um, in France, they reckon within two or three generations, there will not be a, a genuinely French person born, um, simply because the French are having less, I think, 1.7 kids per family, yeah. um, which is detrimental to a growth of a, or the continuation of a culture. So um, underpopulation is a bit of a problem in the West. Mm. So immigration is definitely good. Um, I'm like, don't get me wrong. I am completely for immigration. It brings money to economies. Um, it diversifies culture. It's fantastic. Just illegal immigration. It, it's it's not the same thing. It, it it doesn't bring the same benefits as legal immigration does. But where, yeah, okay. So so if you're if we're against illegal immigration, where is the the studies and stuff that say building a wall is gonna is gonna fix it. It's not. Well, I mean, think of examples of where a wall has been built previously. Um, I, I, so I, can, I, can, I can I can think of one in Australia, the rabbit proof fence, which which was <laughs> built at at the time at, at like a fair cost to the people Mate, that built it. That did you, not stop the rabbits. Are you paralleling Mexican people and rabbits? A bit racist. <laughs> okay, I wasn't, but I was giving an example of a time where a wall has been built to try to stop the flow of something. Um, a similar thing has been done in Australia with cane toads. All right, it's like when you're trying to stop. When you're trying, I'm not okay. Hold up, hold up. I'm not comparing. I'm not comparing that side of things. I'm just comparing the wall aspect. All right, like walls get built. Um, the Great Wall of China Perfect. failed. Um, that failed was eventually. A- <laughs> it it was pretty efficient at keeping the Mongolians out. <laughs> at a, in a, in a time in a time where people had to walk places. Yeah, and don't get me wrong, they built ladders which got over it. But the wall itself was, first of all, an effective means of slowing down the flow of people who were trying to conquer. So I I just think I like is the is, okay. So yes, all right. I, the wall. I I would say that it would slow down the flow even if it's a small amount of slowing of the flow, we're still talking about a lot, like a lot of people. And it's not the only entrance way. It's not the only way that these people are getting in. You hear about, um, you hear stories of like cartel members and stuff that are, that are, it's already pretty difficult to get through the border, um, the Mexican border on the, the South side. So they've started flying or like transporting people to Canada to just walk in to the US. So like why is I just I I don't see that B 
building this wall instead of focusing on other issues like for example in putting the money that you're thinking of spending on that wall and putting it into developing legal immigration and supporting the legal immigration um stuff like i just think that trump has done this thing where he's like he he threw out a catchphrase without putting in any any thought behind it really to like the economics of it or how it's going to get done or um looking into other methods and stuff like that and he was just like it was like a fly by a seat thing and and he does this i feel like he does this a lot where he just he throws something out there and then goes well i've said it now and i'm just going to stick to it no matter what instead of, <laughs> instead of oh, being yeah. like instead of being like you know what actually guys hey I'll, I'll take this one on the chin building a wall is not the right answer i've gone away i've talked to people about it and actually there's like all this other stuff we could be spending this money on Dude, mm, like, he takes nothing on the chin. <laughs> yeah. And like, man, it it's surely that's something like that speaks so much to his character that he's, he's not willing, like he's, he's not willing to be considered in his approach and he's not willing to take feedback at all or consider feedback at all is, is my perception. And I know we kind of, we kind of got bogged down in like, the actual immigration there for a little while but like why why a wall you know and and i think that the wall is like it's one of those things that whenever i think about trump i just go oh yeah that's right but then he like i can be like oh i actually kind of like what he's doing there or like maybe that's going to have some good good effects for america or its economy or something like that but then i go oh wait actually he's fucking insane because he, <laughs> he wants to build a giant fucking wall look no, that's not even one of the worst of his <laughs> yeah yeah, His party helpers. Like, yeah, he means drones. He doesn't mean a physical wall. He means drones and technology. And he's like, no, I mean a wall. <laughs> well, yeah, you could yeah. use the technology aspect too. <laughs> no, I've I've seen those clips where it's like his party is like his he, the people his um, PR reps and stuff tried to try to like save him from his like from what <laughs> I would call for lack of a better word his idiocy. As much as you say, um, obviously, like when you consider he's been successful in business, relatively successful, considering that he got started like by his like up upheld by his dad and got an bankrupt ten years into the game. Yeah, um, but like so so yes, he's. I'm sure he has some form of intelligence. All right, obviously everybody <laughs> has some form of intelligence, but like the fact that he does like the wet man oh my goodness sorry okay. yeah i think you need to look at his like twitter like his tweets um he he literally says like un unconstitutional things he's like threatened war crimes and he does it all with random capitalization like misspelling words and and i and i don't i don't feel like i don't i don't pretend to be like someone who's amazing at spelling or grammar or whatever but when you're the president of the united states and you're like declaring um, you know, threatening another country or something online. I feel like you should at least do that with some like correct grammar, at the very least. So he's he's, he's got a lot of problems. More yeah. so than and just like, and sorry, uh, we don't. I don't want to like throw too many points at you there, um, Mister Lunch. But like, so so for his for his, I like I, I want to hear your take on 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 why wall, why a wall. Um, and why do you think okay. he like got stuck on that and has gung-hoed with it okay so comes to a simple physical barrier um especially one that is at least 40 feet tall it is a perfect way to slow down the flow of uh drugs coming in 
um, which is a huge one, drugs coming in and people crossing the border. Now, when you can look at these videos, again, and the mainstream media, I don't want to be like, oh, the media is all blue. The media does not actually show a lot of the video, a lot of the footage that show the efficacy of this wall. So um, I wish my internet was stronger so I could send stuff, a lot of good stuff through. But mm. there are videos of people climbing the wall, taking their time to do it, having to throw down ropes for other people to start climbing. By the time they get... By the time so, they get... Somewhere. By the time they get somewhere? Sorry, you cut out. Sorry. By the time they manage to get the rope over and over the wall, the border security force are already there. Okay. All right. So, so... The fact of the matter, it is, a, it is a physical deterrent. It will slow you down. It will slow down the flow of drugs and illegal immigration. I do think it will slow you down, but I don't think it's going to slow the flow of drugs as most drugs don't come into the country via just random entry points. You know, a lot of the drugs are going through actually checkpoints just via corrupt checkpoints. Um, yeah, absolutely. Um, I don't think I don't think of, I would say a very small percent of them are coming over via foot or just walking across random points. Mm. And that I, is, I would agree. Or just block regular people, but to block drugs, I don't know. Well, it's it does block drugs. Uh, I'm not saying it blocks the largest. I'm sure that more drugs come through in shipping containers and packages yeah. sent over, but it slows drugs down. Yeah, it definitely would. You, it can slow. Yeah, just to what yes. percent? I'm not sure. But like, okay, so yeah. But I feel like what we're talking about here is a small bit. Sorry, say that one more time. Then it's an expensive way, the expensive wall to maybe stop not that much of drugs mm. like there might be better ways to put in means to stop larger quantities of drugs they say that in one month the amount of fentanyl that they can get across the border is enough to kill every single american three times over yeah but is that is is that stat just for like fentanyl br brung over on foot yeah just fentanyl on foot in one month it's funny because when we argue about like um, gun control, this is like almost the exact opposite argument that you would give for that where it's like um, we're going to put something in place that's definitely not going to stop every bad person from being able to bring drugs in, but it's probably going to stop a lot of people who actually are like seeking refuge kind of thing. So it's uh, we have like a opposite sides of this argument on different issues, which is pretty interesting. Sort of. What would you say is the government's responsibility to take care of people in, say, Bangladesh? The American, the American government's responsibility? Yeah, American or even Australian. What's our responsibility for people in Bangladesh who are also going through turmoil? What is their responsibility? They have a responsibility to, um, to help out. To an extent, but they also, I mean, the, they also have a responsibility to, to keep like healthy relations with that country. And that's, that's a huge part of the wall is like a really, really uh, a bad statement, I would say as well. well yeah, there's, there's no place to go other than blocking. Like you can't really work together. You can't put funds. It, it's a very one route method, I feel. Which is not going to be working from both. Mr. Uh, Lunch, are you, are you saying that like you, your, your stance or your belief is that? The, the American government owes, or the Amer America owes 
nothing or doesn't owe, but like they have no responsibility, zero responsibility for maintaining or whatever countries other than the US? No. So when it's, when it comes, sorry, when it comes down to that sort of thing, America give aid, Australia give aid. Countries that have strong economic strength, or strong, choose, strong economic freedom, and they are able to take care of other countries, you provide aid. That's why America give hundreds of billions of dollars per year to countries who need help. They also send over troops to do you know, peacekeeping things, mm-hmm. take care of uh, things like, uh, in particular, ISIS, when that was an issue. Um, they do these things to help these countries. But by no means is it their responsibility or Australia's responsibility to take out people and bring them to our country because that's not going to solve any problems. If you take the best people from a country and you leave, say, the government and the criminals and all the bad people, that country isn't going to get better. What you need to do is aid that country to lift themselves out of whatever struggles they are going through you know, there's no point in taking all the doctors and the engineers and the lawyers and all that actually you can leave the lawyers all the doctors and the engineers that won't do anybody any favors you need to help that country where it is and putting up a wall isn't saying we don't want we don't want your people it's saying we only want people who are willing to go through the struggle of applying we don't want people crossing the border illegally we want the best and it's not unfair for a country to want the best yes but that's yes but i think that the best is like it's like subjective you know and like and when you when you're talking so you go public it's like the best in a terrible situation i feel like these people are fleeing from terrible country they don't have anything like they're gonna be they're poor they have no money they have no jobs so you, you, taking the best from that is like what i mean you're not gonna pick anybody that has a career already that wants to move anybody across the Texas border i mean across the u.s border i feel is they're gonna have some, some baggage with them i think that's how it forced immigration works yeah um and i mean I mean, I think, so, Harris, when you think of um, people who immigrate from South Africa, Mm. generally people who immigrate from South Africa have done rather well for themselves. Correct. And when you think of their lifestyles back in South Africa, they probably are doing quite well for themselves, respectively, albeit it's more dangerous, um, obviously, living in South Africa, but... Are the people who generally immigrate from South Africa doing terribly? Uh, Not usually, no. It takes a lot to immigrate to Australia. We have really stringent policies. Yeah, yet they still go through the effort of doing it, despite the fact that, I mean, a few of the South Africans that I know we work with were doing quite well for themselves, probably making more money in South Africa than they were, or that they currently are in Australia. Yet they still make that move. Yeah, yeah, and it's and it's it really just, good. So, so what we look for it in so Australia. The, um, so why can't the conversation? Why can't the policy be about increasing the amount of legal migration that we can do, and then um, and and in that way, effectively reducing illegal migration. Since Trump has been in presidency, he has well, not he particularly, 
the government have let in more legal immigration, illegal immigrants on average per year? I don't know about that. I mean, I feel like it's hard to... I don't want you to send me stuff, but like... Um, he's made yeah, the policy. He's, like the, he's made the like, um, like of course migration is constantly increasing, but he's or he's made the policy, so, like the the what do you call it, the requirements so much harder to get in, for, for legal migrants. Has he? I, I, I was I was listening to this guy that was um he he legally migrated uh during uh it was like a podcast I was listening to. He he started his application while trump was while the election was happening and once trump got elected it was like the process went from taking approximately like three to six months or something to he he was like his his process took two and a half years for him to get to my like successfully process his application and stuff compared to before trump's presidency which was like three months so I, I like I swear those numbers can't be right. He's he's very against migration of any kind. He he put a a travel he put a Muslim immigration ban on like seven different um, random Muslim yeah. He threw a dart, which he did at um like via tweet. No, I don't think he, no, he did it via executive order. And then all the um airports had like like they would have random like Iraqi uh, planes come in and they they detained all these people. And then they got all, all the airports got sued for like detaining people for hours and hours, and um yeah, so he's he's he's, he's very against migration. I think his knowledge on the all of Central and South America is pretty low, as he's you know called them three Mexican countries down there or shithole countries. He just <laughs> it's hard to believe that he actually feels sympathetic about anybody's culture when he refers to things like that. He wants to bomb Iran's cultural sites. He calls places shithole countries. <laughs> it's, like, it's a little tough to he's actually sympathetic and give a shit. All right, let's move on from immigration because we've yeah. talked about that for long enough. Um, what else? Can we, do we want to talk about his character? Do we want to talk about his policies? I don't know. I feel like he's got, he's like, he's super sexist, right? He's, um, he's referred to heaps and heaps of women. Um, looks, their looks in a derogatory fashion called people like horse face and ugly, fat, low life. And then, um, there was the whole, um, grab a, you can say it, you can <laughs> say it. Out. By the pussy. Right. <laughs> <laughs> he said it, he said it. Um, all those comments as well. Like, um, he's just a terrible dude. Like if you did that, like, have you watched that video where they're in the bus and he's like, yeah, I just, you know, beautiful women. I just kiss them. I don't even wait to ask. I just, I just go up and I kiss them. They're beautiful. You know, just grab them. And I moved on her like a bitch. (laughs) If we were, if we were ever, yeah, he he said that. And like, and he's like, I knew she was married. I knew she was married. And, um, like if you, if we ever talk like that, I would actually, it would just be like, oh man, I'm not going to be friends with this dude. What a terrible person. Well, people thought that was going to be the end of his presidency when that released, but no, it's just another thing that gets brushed under the rug. You there, Mr. Lunch? Oh, yeah, I'm there. I'm just, uh, I'm waiting for the question. <laughs> so, so, like, so wouldn't you say, like, okay, and, and I kind of, I like, I'm, I'm in two minds about this one because what, what, what these guys are trying to get at is character-wise, he's not fit for presidency. And I'm kind of a bit iffy on this one because I, I don't know if there should be rules or not around your character and whether or not you uh, 
fit to be yeah. president. I feel like you end up infringing on freedoms a little bit if you get too far into that, which I know U.S. Yeah. citizens are definitely not about. Um, but like, and I actually asked this because me and Fresh were talking a little bit before, and I asked Fresh, I was like, "Do you think that there should be there should be some sort of thing where it's like, okay, well, if you if you act in a certain way or if you make certain comments, then you're not fit to run for president." President. And and your answer was no, right? Yeah, no, you no. Don't, you don't think that? No, definitely. There yeah. should be no like requirements of character strength or something to be able to run for any kind of political position. But if it comes out that you are very prejudiced against certain groups of people, um, I feel like those things should be things that people take into account when they're voting and should be definitely espoused by the greater population so that you can be like, well, look, this guy's probably, as he creates policy and makes big decisions, has a bias towards these people. And I feel like that's not a good thing moving forward as a country, especially of one with so many different cultures in the country. Yeah, but, He's very it, but then isn't the whole, isn't, and this is, I, I, I'm kind of against you a little bit on this one, Fresh, because like, and we, we touched on this before, but uh, isn't that the whole point of the voting? The voting process is like, so that people can be like, well, I mean, this guy's running for office, but he's like a sexist and he's a misogynist and he's, um, I don't know, all of these has these really bad character flaws and he's rude and he lies about everything. Isn't that supposed to come out in the voting process and where the, the public go, hey, well, we don't want him? Well, yeah, but no Trump well, supporter think he is sexist or racist, right? I mean, uh, or maybe the racist ones do. Mr. Lunch, do you think he's a sexist or a racist? Okay. Yeah, see, he doesn't. <laughs> so this is this is the tricky part. The tricky part. Um, do I think he's? Let me answer. Let me answer the first one. Do I think he's a racist? Okay. No. Uh, the racism part. Sorry. First of all, wait. I I only heard the racism part. Then the racism is that part. Just me? First of all, that's racism to start with. Yeah. Yeah. The fact of the sorry, the fact of the sorry, I'm coughing a bit. The fact of the matter is, when you are the president who brings unemployment for Hispanic and Black people up record record lows, more people are employed who are Black and Hispanic, and in fifty years, sixty years, something like that. That's something that a racist president would want to strong the unemployment rates being dropped for black and hispanic people why what is the purpose what is the benefit i mean the unemployment rates have stayed the same like the same rate as they were going when he took office so i don't know if you can say that's entire i mean he has retained it he's kept the same frequency and that it's going down but i don't know if he's done any policy or anything to implement that yeah, what specific policy is there? Because we actually talked about this before too. But like, I mean, we live in, in a place where unemployment rates, well, I mean, it, rights for um, black people and I mean, any minorities are at the highest point they've ever been, right? So um, do you think that's yeah. a product of Trump or do you think that's a product of the culture that we live in now? Product of Trump, yeah. I mean, the simple things are regulations. It's just regulations coming out. That's all it is. So there's a thing that came out saying for every regulations that Trump gets rid of, he brings in one. Obviously, presidents bring in regulations um, as they go, but he's brought every one regulation he brings in, he gets rid of eight. 
Most of them have to do with starting small businesses for people. That's the reason why more uh, black people are able to start these businesses to actually get employed. It's it's a small it's a small thing, but that's that's the benefit. Uh, almost four million jobs created since he was elected. Um, there are more Americans employed than ever in the history. Now I understand, obviously, there's more people nowadays, but still, these things are strong. These are good. Trying tying it back to the racism thing, if he really genuinely was, wouldn't he be doing things to? make it trickier for black and Hispanic people to get jobs. I don't say it. He, he was never called a racist before he began for president. Um, you never saw that from him. It's only since he's been in this limelight that it's, it's almost a calling card. You call somebody racist, it's almost they have to find a way to defend themselves. It's guilty until proven innocent. It's like calling someone crazy. Any any argument to the contrary, once you've called someone insane, just further confirms their insanity. Okay, well, we can look at... What does he have to do? We can look so at specific what, um, things that he's done that I would say would be racist. But um, I think, just going back also to all the points that you said, things are um, uh, better unemployment rates, right? And um, more jobs created. Uh, all of these things, literally all of the graphs I've ever seen, they're in... They they're in a linear progression down, like uh, like well, if we're talking about like unemployment, they're all going well, right? And um, it doesn't seem like he's put any policies into place that have caused this. Of course, they're they're definitely better, but they're just they were going that way anyway. But um, if so, we're talking about sorry, go just just to quickly touch on that point, I uh, and and me once again, I mentioned this to Fresh sometime this week, but um, you, when, and, and I, it's very easy to see this in Australian politics. I don't know why I, but I, I recognize it easier probably because I'm a little bit more involved in it and I know more about it, what's going on, but you, there's no way that you can say just because, okay, this is Trump's presidency, just because during Trump's president presidency, the unemployment rate was decreasing, um, that that is because of Trump. When you look at a graph and the 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 line is like going down across a couple of presidents you can't say oh yeah well it's the lowest it's ever been if it just because trump's president right now doesn't mean that it was him that made the unemployment rate drop but it, you know what I mean? it was his it was his policies and as part of the entire republican group it wasn't him just sitting there thinking what do i need to do he has advisors they say, all right, this is going to strengthen the economy. This trade deal with China will be revolutionary. Give um, the old format with trade between Mexico and Canada and starting the North American, Canadian, Mexican trade union or whatever it's called. These are policies that he's brought in. I know uh, everybody loves uh, relating him to Hitler. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to compare Trump to Hitler for a second. <laughs> right, okay, all right, you did it. Yeah, go, go. I've never heard that before. It isn't Hitler's. It wasn't Hitler who killed millions and millions of people, specifically. Whether it was his policies that and his followers that made that happen. Now, again, it's not Trump who is getting a new job for each individual person. It is the regulations that he's getting rid of. It is the policies that him and the Republican Party are bringing in that are creating these opportunities. He's not responsible for every single grain of rice that is picked um, in the world, but he is responsible for the regulations, the policies that help it out. So 
to say that he, okay, when he says, I create these jobs, I've done this, I've done that. Yeah, yeah. Um, it cut out again. I understand Sorry. that. When, oh when he says, I make these, I've made these jobs, I've done this, it's not, you know, you can take it literally or you can take it with a bit of a grain of salt. He means it as in under his presidency, these people have made these, these people have grown, these people have become more successful. Of course, that is everyone, what you should take from. It. Of course, everyone should understand that, but it, you have to point to um, if he's actually put in place like certain policies that have done this, and um, and like I was saying before, it seemed like everything was going like in that trajectory anyway, and he's come in and hasn't particularly done anything. The biggest thing I think that he's done were the tariffs, which were really bad in policy, and then uh, and like that that's in terms of unless we've got any other things that we can point to that he's that he's put in place. Yeah. yeah so. Those. Sorry, was that bubbly? Lunch? Uh, those policies. It's hard to speak like as far as condemning him as a racist, like via his policies and black unemployment. However, his inability to condemn white nationalists, such as the at the Charlottesville rallies, he he said there were what did he say? There was very fine people on both sides. Mm. Like, what do you? One side is pitchforks, and like mm. I don't see the very fine. On a tee for him to hit it out of the park and condemn it, and he couldn't do it. Like, um, we we should go like going back to the racist, sexist thing. You can never, you can never truly know exactly what someone um is thinking, right? There's there's no possible way to deductively know exactly what somebody's thinking. You have to go through through the process of inductively reasoning. Why is it like using all of the information that we have? What they've done before? Um, what are they? How do they actually think? Are they actually racist or are they actually sexist? Um, and you've got multiple examples of him, like the Charlottesville stuff. Um, we've got the the stuff with the Mexican judge. Plenty of things about immigration. He's done. I know you don't think it's racist, but the the um the Mexican rapist criminal tweet or what was it? Drug runners or whatever. But some are good people. Like all of these things add up together, and and you go, well, would a person who was not racist really think that way? Of course, he's never said anything explicitly. I hate all Mexicans. I hate all black people. But you have to really, you have to really think. Would a person who doesn't say all these things? I do think um, his age comes into play. Like, what is he? Seventy-five, eighty years old. Yeah, he definitely grew up in that era. So, a lot of people in America at that age, my grandma sometimes calls the blacks like weird, but you know, he's a little elderly, and he speaks a lot like a lot of other elderly people in the United States who still have difficulty with dealing with our ever-growing culture and normalcies you know whenever they were kids there was still segregation in schools so it's hard to jump i guess right into the mind of a 30 year old or 20 year old and where they feel on social and cultural beliefs Mm -hmm. not really a defense but i guess it puts a little light on the how some people a lot of his followers it's true not right like their grandma isn't racist, but they kind of say some things that are a little racist sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that if that helps at all, but yeah, I I I are we talking about like Trump supporters here? In because I was like I thought like if you were talking about, oh, obviously Trump kind of grew up in that era as well a little bit, and like well, a lot of supporters are very elderly. I mean, a lot of the Republican Party is made up of people over the age of fifty. Um, mm. Not to say that there aren't people under the age of 50, but, you know, a lot of the people that, 
a lot of the backing to the Republican Party is elderly. Yeah. Um, and, and you're saying that's kind of what you, why you think that they don't think of him as being racist? Yeah, because I mean, they kind of see some of those qualities in a lot of people they respect, like their mothers, their grandmas, themselves, maybe like that's just where they grew up. Those aren't yeah. racist out of hate. They're racist out of that's how you were raised. Culture, yeah. yeah. I don't know if there's like malintent. I don't think there's they're malicious exactly in what they're saying. But if you if somebody else from our generation maybe hears it, they're like, wow, that's pretty freaking racist. Mm. Mm. No, yeah, 100 percent. Yeah, I, 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 I would agree with that. Um, from but is that it's just a little odd what were you gonna say lunch um i completely agree um so i had a friend when i was growing up in high school uh his grandma used to give us lifts home and she was i think he was like to say you... really racist <laughs> she was what she was she was very racist to asians and the she was very Sorry. racist to Asians and Asians. Yeah, she was very racist to Asians and did not like them. Yep, yep. Okay. The difference is she meant what she was saying. When people make comments like especially elderly people, when are quite negative like that, sometimes it's not coming from a position of racism anymore it's actually just yeah. coming from a position of ignorance and not knowing yeah. that in our politically correct society that we live in nowadays you say certain things it doesn't yeah. mean uh, people make comments all the time when people when people rap uh, and when people rap they, they drop the end oh, when people rap and they Oh, you get you get really really cutty at the moment. Cutting bad. Yeah, cutting out bad. Yeah, it's cutting out pretty bad. Um, I kind of I kind of uh, get what you're saying. Like, just because you say something doesn't mean you. Um, doesn't mean it had malicious intent behind. It. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So. Yeah, so. Exactly. But so I I definitely get that. But when we're talking about someone that is uh in like such a position of authority to do so much. Like who's going to be like effective for like policy in the country and has so much influence. Like it, it's kind of like when you're talking about like a, a rapper, you brought up the example of a rapper. It's like, okay, they say some like kind of sexist things and, and, and like some, maybe some racist things and whatever. And, but it's there, you kind of can, they don't have that much influence. You can choose to ignore them and, and, and what are they going to change really? But if you choose to ignore the president of the United States, then then that's like a, a whole different ballgame because while you're ignoring him, he's changing policies, writing policies, putting it into law or like trying to enact it into law. Um, and so you, I feel like that doesn't really hold weight when you're talking about someone that's running for the presidency. Like, do you know what I mean? He hasn't, he hasn't implemented any laws that are viably racist. Like, I okay. can't think of a single policy or an or an executive right, order. Okay. okay. Yes. Yes. I. Okay. Yeah. I agree with you. I agree with you. What about when you said that Whereas, the Mexican judge can't can't be uh can't be a judge for his, for his trial? It was purely for the fact that they were Mexican. Um, a Mexican judge, um, trying Mexicans. No, him. Uh, I need that. to read up on that. I'm. 
I need to read up. I'm not. Can you give Can you give me the context of that one? Um. Gee. I mean. So. So he, he was like. Um. He. He said a Mexican judge couldn't preside. I should find the video. Oh, no, I shouldn't. You can't see it. Um. Mexican judge couldn't preside over his um case because they were Mexican, and uh, he was like, "I'm building a wall." They're Mexican, except that they were obviously not Mexican. They were they were a judge, and they were um I mean of of Mexican heritage, but they were born in the U.S. They could have run for president if they wanted to. I get what you mean. A conflict. He's suggesting that there's a conflict of interest with putting a Mexican judge when it comes to bordering off Mexico. When it comes to when it comes to him, yes. Yeah, but he's not yeah. a Mexican. But he's not a Mexican judge. No, he's not a Mexican. He's an American judge. He's, he's an American old... judge. Mexican heritage. You'll be like saying, I don't know, like I, I, yeah. I couldn't. I was... And and that's that's the thing. That's where that's where the catch is. It's when you you treat someone and you you treat someone by their race instead of by like their person. You know. Yeah. And that 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 ends up. That's that's where like racism comes from. You know. And mm. to clear yeah. up what he said, that judge, the judge wasn't presiding over whether the wall can be built. The no, judge was presiding over whether um, students were wrong done at Trump University where they paid thousands of dollars to learn mm. business strategy, but they never did. Mm. Um, so they want the money. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yep. So he, he was getting, he was getting sued. <laughs> that was, that was basically it. <laughs> <laughs> sounds like, yeah, it sounds like he was getting sued. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I mean, there's that stuff. And then, and then he says, and then he tweets when Mexico sends its people, they're not sending their best. They're sending people who have a lot of problems. And then, like you know, they're bringing drugs, they're bringing crime, they're rapists, and some are good people. It's uh, like if you're, of course, he doesn't say yes. anything. Which part of that was? He never said anything specifically racist in there, but most people, you know, via the use of language, would would uh, would would think. Look, he's he's saying he he says they're they're bringing crime, they're rapists, and some I assume are good people. The implication there uh, is that most people who come from Mexico and who are immigrants are these things, rapists, crime. Are you saying they're rapists as in they are rapists or they're rapists as in they're um, ownership uh, rapists? Because if he says, if he's saying they are rapists um, and if he's saying they're bringing their criminals, they are rapists, are you saying that the criminals that they're bringing are rapists? Or are you saying that anybody who crosses the border? Yeah, so he's saying... They're rapists. Was, well, how, yeah, how are you interpreting the they're rapists? As in the criminals that they're sending over, they are rapists? Or anybody who illegally immigrates are rapists? So you, well, so you well, said well, when Mexico he, he sends said, its people, which is, which is like people migrating, the people are these things and some are good people. Yeah, okay. So people who, I think, what is it? I think 60%, I don't want to overinflate this number, so I'm going to, Go conservative. I think sixty percent of women who attempt to cross the border during the border crossing are raped. Yes. Okay. Okay. So um, this is already not a good thing. The people who are doing the people smuggling and the crossing the border illegally, committing federal crime to begin with, are also raping. Yes. It's, but- it's what, what he said isn't factually wrong, although it might be, you know, it might not be the most sensitive way to put something. It's it really doesn't matter. But I mean, putting that, that sensitively. Reads, do you think this reads that um, people who are in in America illegally are these things 
except for some who are good people. Isn't that how that statement reads? I know you can, like, he doesn't he doesn't actually say a lot of things. He doesn't he doesn't actually say he hates Mexicans anywhere in there, or that he is racist, right? But don't you think that that statement yeah. reads that way? Um, to be fair, yeah, I I could absolutely agree it would read that way. But you know, if you choose to read it that way, you keep sending yourself back down this. Yeah, he's a racist. He's a you know he's a sexist. Don't I don't think it does you any benefit of just assuming what he's saying is a racist thing just because you want it to be a racist thing. What he was saying there is they do commit rape, but some people aren't doing that. And it's not wrong, but okay, fair, he could say, some instead of saying some people aren't, as if there's an exception, he could say, don't get me wrong, that is just a small group of the people crossing. Other people are trying to find better lives. He can obviously say those things. But he's not—he's not the press secretary. He's not trained to deliver speeches like this. He's not the one writing them. He's no, simply hold up, hold answering up. questions. Okay. Yeah, hold on, hold on. I, I don't think that that—I don't think that that holds any weight at all. Like, if he—if he running for the presidency of—if he running for the presidency of the United States can't take responsibility for what he says, then then he should not be he's not in a fit place to run for president. So what, what he said was easily like you can, you can, if you try to get into the semantics of the word use and and how he phrased it and whatever, try to swing it as a non, like a not racist thing, but the general perception of what he says, when he says that your first instinct, and I like, I challenge you to be a bit honest here. Your first instinct when you hear what he says there is, Oh, wait, Hold on. What did he say? Because you initially, your initial thought is that was racist. All right. And when that's coming out of the mouth of the president, that is like, that is not on and it's not cool. And like, even if he's, even if you assign him some sort of, sort of ignorance, the effect the knock on effect of him saying words like that, that in, in, in a quite an unstable environment, um, America has obviously quite a few racial issues at the moment. And a long-standing problem of racial issues saying stuff that can be even kind of misdrewed as racist is is incendiary you know like incendiary is that the right word like would you disagree no um i would i would agree that yes the things he says carry weight and that he needs to be sensitive about it but i i i don't see the benefit cost it's you know, when you hear something like that, you sit there and, yes, immediately you go, whoa, Mexicans are rapists, so whoa, 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 and then you latch onto that. We're in the same way, that Charlottesville thing. When you hear there are fine people on both sides, you hear that little sound bite, you hear that one little grab, and you go, uh-oh, um, he's saying that neo-Nazis are okay. But then you, you read, you, you listen to the rest of that thing, and he says, "There, okay." Here's the quote. <laughs> here's the quote. Sorry, sorry, then sorry, you cut out. Sorry, you cut out. Can you... Oh, sorry. So from that Charlottesville. Yes. You you still got me? Yeah. He said there are fine people on both sides. Then, if you read two sentences later, two sentences later, I'm not talking about the neo Nazis and white nationalists because they should be condemned totally. He. He very explicitly said that, condemned them outright. Yet, obviously, you hear the there are fine people on both sides. The context of that is saying that 
you know, the whole purpose of that was they wanted to take down the statue of Robert E. Lee or they wanted to rename the park something different. It was something mm -hmm. or other. Neo-Nazis and the white nationalists are obviously part of this group who, you know, uh, are more, more about the hate. But there are also people who were agreeing that the park shouldn't be renamed, be renamed since, simply because cultural and historical uh, importance. It was part of the history. You're trying to rename a park of a general in the Confederate Army who did some horrible things, but it is a part of history, a part of some people's history. Yeah. They don't, they don't in Germany. They own, they own their wrongdoings. They have, I think, seven, seven different monuments or um, dedicated areas to the atrocities that were committed against the seven particular groups uh, that were ostracized or mistreated in during World War Two. They they own it, and the people who wanted to keep Robert E. Lee Park or Robert E. Lee Statue or whatever it was, there were fine people on both sides. He explicitly condemned the neo-Nazis and the white nationalists. Yes. There are some people who just wanted to keep it there for historical... That was simply okay. it. But okay. easily that soundbite... I completely agree with you. That soundbite, <clears throat> that soundbite is terrible. It is not flattering whatsoever, and there are dozens, countless things that he says, that he tweets, whatever, that can easily be sound bit. Well, is that the expression? Sound bit or whatever. Sound, sound bitten. Um, sound <laughs> bitten. That can be taken and made him to look terrible. I Tr agree with trust me. Much. I reckon. I reckon in this podcast, I reckon you could sound bite about fifteen things I've said already that would be just as detrimental. But if you take yes. it in the right context, you've got to give some leniency. You've you've got to you've got to take a step back and say, all right, let's find the context. Is he racist? No, it makes it out as though he is on the same page as neo-Nazis and white nationalists, people who are going out seeking to hurt people of a different race. It, you cannot put him... He might say prejudiced things. He might say things that are unbecoming of a president, but the man is just not racist. So, I mean, I, I agree with almost everything that you just said, and um, it's almost like... Um, he himself might not individually be racist, although, I mean, I'd still argue that he is, but he's, you know, he's never said anything explicitly racist. But when enough of these things happen um, and there's enough of these things to point to, you go, well, like, if, like someone who, who, would, who would speak sensibly on these issues wouldn't um, say things like this. And then these things quite often have a pretty detrimental effect on how one, uh, it empowers the actual racist people to, um, to be more racist and... Um, have a poorer view of illegal immigrants. Um, and then it, people who are pretty close anyway or just Trump supporters, it pushes them to be a little bit more racist too. Um, and it's also like quite um, hurtful to the actual people who are, who are implicated in the, um, the initial, whatever he says. So these are not good things. Like it's not, not he's done nothing illegal and, and like um, he's not going to be, it doesn't, these things don't explicitly mean he is racist, but these are not good things that you want from the leader of your country, in my opinion. Everything here is still going to be opinion, so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, I feel like we should also talk about the other damaging thing that he does, and he just he just lies. Like, he just lies about things oh, all the man. time. So, 275 million is... 275 billion is how much illegal immigrants... Uh, illegal immigration costs. It's just an outright lie designed to yep. push people to hate... Well, not hate immigrants more, I shouldn't say that, Um, to you know, want more um, effective 
measures of um, reducing illegal immigration. He he like he like photo doctored his um, what do you call it inauguration crowd size like made it look like he had more people there because he was really sad that Obama had more. He says things like the noise from windmills cause cancer, just random like <laughs> random things like there, m- there's the, and this like, is like w- this is well documented. Like it's like you, you there's like whole websites that are dedicated to fact checking what he says because of how absurd the levels of his lying is. And and I get that you say, oh, when when we first started the podcast and we, we threw out that number, that 200 billion or whatever it was, and and you, you go, well, like you can get bogged down in the, the semantics of like the numbers or you can, you can look at the issue and like focus on the issue. But what the lying does is it, it unfairly focuses, focuses attention on the issue when it doesn't deserve as much attention. All right. So when, when 200 billion compared to 100 billion is a huge difference, right? And when you're talking, um, when you're talking, comparing it to other issues, it, it takes the focus from more important things and focuses everybody on this and, and makes them hate it more. It's the same with every single lie that you tell. And, and, you, and I would, I would, you can't find one of the lies that is a lie in the wrong direction for Trump's purposes. It's always a lie, which means, which makes me think more that it's calculated, all right? That it's calculated misinformation, which like, and I know that you, you were like, oh, people always compare him to Hitler, but this is something that Hitler's government did was propaganda, you know, and they did it really well. And I'm just saying that like, when you, when you're deliberately lying, that, that is propaganda. At when you're running for the when you're the president of the United States, and it's dangerous, and like because yeah. people believe it, and and it's just it's just silly because like they're very very easily verifiable lies too. So I'm not sure why he thinks it's a good idea to do this, but people seem to believe it. Yeah. Do you, like yeah. what what what's your take on 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 him lying? Is that is that explainable away? No, um, people lie. Politicians lie. It is it is part of the etymology of the word politics. Poly meaning many, ticks are blood sucking parasite. It is what <laughs> it it is it is the game of a politician to lie. I couldn't I couldn't even imagine the amount of lies that have been said by Bye, sorry, sorry. who? Sorry, you cut out then. Don't say Bye. Bernie Sanders. Yeah, so my my good friend Bernie Sanders, uh, as you can see, um, just imagine it's Bernie Sanders saying all these things. Um, the the lie lying is not it is endless, perpetual by every single president. You could imagine it's not as though none are liars. It's just what they do. That is what politicians do, and. Trump's lies are no worse than the lies that Obama said. They're no lo- worse than the lies that currently Bernie are trying to spill, AOC are trying to spill, Elizabeth Warren are trying to spill. Elizabeth Warren said that she was from Native American descent. No, One one thousand and twenty-four. That's pretty funny. That, that is, is that is race baiting. <laughs> Trump okay. has never race baited. That is that is, and, and that people you know they don't really forget about it. People remember. Ha ha. They make jokes. I'm called that is, Pocahontas all the time. Yeah, yeah, Pocahontas, I think he calls her. It is, <laughs> it is, that is a horrible lie to make, but I, I don't care because it's inconsequential. Trump making lies about 
the hundred billion dollars compared to the hundred or two hundred billion instead of a hundred million. Um, a hundred billion, sorry. It's it's a lie. It doesn't change my position on anything. I still believe that a wall needs to be built. Uh, the lie, unless he was saying they are literally um, crossing the border with nuclear bombs, uh, and you would look at that and go, okay, well, that's just ridiculous. But the fact of the matter is, this lying, it is a politician's game. Don't lose sleep over it. Bernie Sanders saying that healthcare for all can work, that is a lie. It <laughs> cannot work. I just don't care. I'm not sitting here going, damn it, Bernie, like, you're crippling society. It doesn't matter Except because Republicans are. a lie from a potential presidential candidate and a lie from the actual president. I think they carry a different weight. Um, I mean, all politicians when they're running, they they say pretty large things. They want to get voted, like get free health care. We can do that. But somebody that the Which president is is still blasphemous lies. It's like what? And he he changes like the the topic changes every day. Like when was it the the caravan coming from Mexico? The next day, it's imaginary voter fraud. Um, the next day was we were talking about windmills. He doesn't like clean energy because windmills cause cancer. Um, <laughs> Some of the I love, I love that one. It's, it's like that it's one. So but like, okay, so like, I would say that it. I would say that it, it is, and I know that you're like, oh, like politics, politics, politicians lie. All right, but like, why? Why is that acceptable? All right. For, for one thing and two this is the first time i think that it's been so egregious and so ridiculous yeah. ridiculous that people have actually gone okay no like it's not it's not okay to lie it doesn't matter if other people have done it before like when you when you when you're getting called out for so like like imagine you're, you're a kid growing up right and and yeah. you um steal your mum's wallet all right and then you say oh well like my brothers and sisters, I always used to steal your wallet when I was younger, you know, therefore it's okay for me to steal your wallet now. No, just because other people have gotten away with it doesn't mean that it's okay. And I think that the levels that we're talking about here, I, I can't remember exactly what it was, but it was, it was like something ridiculous, like 70% of the of statements. <laughs> no, no, no. It was like 90%. It was, yeah, it, it was, was really 10%, 10% or something like that are complete truths so 10 percent of the like statements that he's made about facts have been true 90 percent of the statements that he's made have have had some form of misinformation included in them whether that's like a, and a complete bold-faced lie like literally the truth is the complete 180 from what he said or it's like he was off by a little bit all right, which you can kind of forgive those off by a little bit ones a little bit. But like when you're talking about 10% of somebody's statements are truths, that's for a president. That's insane numbers of, of lying. Those are, I, I completely agree. Um, but I, it, it makes it seem as though I don't want to put any sort of um, reasoning into it, but I don't lose sleep over these small lies all i see is successes and so, if you just you, if you just look at the successes I, I the lies they pale in comparison to the successes that have gone through under this presidency even though they were lies i i completely agree don't get me wrong if you want me to say he's a liar i will say it now trump is a liar 
I, okay. I'm not afraid to say that. Trump tells lies. But, but that doesn't I, make him a bad president. It really doesn't make him a bad president because the majority of the issues that people have with him come from the media picking on a particular thing and just hacking at it. And it don't I so I used to watch John Oliver all the time because I was like oh he's really funny until uh, Trump became president I stopped watching that show completely and he dissed you because boy. It, I know the just simply because and it, Trump wasn't my boy before he became president in fact I think it was only about six months into Trump's presidency that I actually started caring before that um, like Obama was doing his thing I sort of didn't really care but. It was watching Trump in with what? Well, yeah, watching Trump do it. Sorry, you cut out again. Sorry, you're cutting. You're cutting out. Then you said what? Watching Trump. Sorry, can you hear me again? Yes. Watching Trump do what he has done in those six months completely. It completely swung me around. It. It was. It was just insane. It was. Um, what are things? Here, here's a list of things. Lowest ever black and, and Hispanic unemployment. Black business startups have gone up 400%. The wage gap for black people and women uh, have gone up. He advocated for prison reform. He pardoned wrongfully convicted people. He, in just those six months, he made massive, massive changes. Um, it was just shocking to me to see that change. And then all John Oliver did was hack on him, hack on him. And I found it hilarious. Don't get me wrong. I watched John Oliver and there's still funny parts, but a lot of it is outright lying as well. And mm. this is coming from John Oliver, a TV presenter, who you would hope would be impartial. No, obviously not. He has to lean left. That's what his business is telling him to do. So I, I don't complain. I just say, look, people lie. John Oliver lies about Trump. He's had to retract Sorry, you cut out. You cut out again. Um, I get, I, I get your, I get your point. Um, but where does so? At what point? At what quantity? And at what? Like, what? When does it cross from being lies to being propaganda? Um. Ooh, good question. When, like, when does it? When does it? Like, because I, I, and I totally understand. I get that lying is a part of politician, like mm. politics and and stuff like that. But, but like, usually, when they get point, caught out you're... in blatant lies as well, they, they we seem to hold them accountable and be like, and then they have, and they either apologize or they explain that they weren't saying this. So when you lie, you can do a few things. You can either say, "I didn't say that. I did, um, you know, I, I, I didn't. Uh, so like, I didn't say that at all. Um, I didn't mean that, or like, you know, I didn't actually lie about this. Or you can just say, "I lied." And it doesn't matter. And Trump has literally said, I lied and it doesn't matter. Like, because, and, and, and all the Trump supporters are like, yeah, well, it doesn't matter actually. He can just lie. He can literally tell us whatever we want and it doesn't matter. Don't you think there's an accountability problem there? Yeah, but who, who does he answer to? Who no one. That's the problem. That's the problem. Yeah. He, he's not answering to anybody and he, they, he, they should, he should be answering to somebody. The thing is, he will eventually answer to who he needs to answer to. Um, the in, public. Well, yep, the voting public. The voting public will make a decision, and despite whatever the media says, 90% of the media lean towards the sign of my man Bernie. Um, <laughs> that's where the media lean. Ugh. No matter how hard they try, it's not going to go well for them. He will win this presidency again. 
without a doubt. It just people just don't care. They like seeing results. They don't care yeah. if he tells some lies. That's just it. The overwhelming yeah. majority of Americans. Okay. Yeah, I do um, think that's scary. I think he will win the presidency. Um, but like you yeah. said, he he really wants to see results, and his followers want to see results. My biggest fear with Donald Trump is he's afraid to invest in America. You know, typically investments you're not going to see return on your on your value, so that's going to look bad at his taunting results to his followers. However, the next president Someone isn't going to have music, any of these. By the way, sorry. Forward. Is that music at your um, at your restaurant there, Mr. Lunch? No, um, there's nobody here. Okay, that's all good. Keep going, sorry. But, yeah, the, lack, the fact that he's kind of afraid to invest because he taunts these numbers like the employment rate, um, how our economy is doing. Investments are going to kind of halter that, but hopefully in the long run it works out. Um, but the fact that we're just doing all these really quick fixes to kind of make these numbers look better, it... it I'm a little fearful of a drop off, you know, when there's no more quick fixes and we don't have anything that we've invested in. Um, like for example, whenever Donald Trump took over presidency, there's a lot of things in line. The economy was already starting to look good. Unemployment rate was going down. Um, I mean, it's nice. Like I feel like every presidential handoff should work like that, but Mm. I feel like the next one will be very painful. Um, yeah. And I, and I feel like, I feel like Trump is eventually going to see return on, on what he's doing and how he's the policies that he's doing. And I don't think it's going to be good. I know that people, no. he's like touting this thing where it's like uh, unemployment is, is at like an all time low or whatever, but he doesn't mention that, um, that he, it's the, it's been dropping for years and years and years yeah. and it's actually and slowed we- down during his presidency. So I feel like just, I, I, don't, I don't know. I'm just fearful that his, he's afraid to put investments because they're not going to show immediate returns, mm. which is where he gets all his, his pride. I think mm. that, that's a big deal to have, immediate return. Big company investments have been terrible um, since he imposed the tariffs. So that's not been a positive thing for me, for sure. Um, but I am with you. I think he is going to win the next presidency. Um, yeah. I think how crazy things have been pushed to the right. Like he makes Bernie Sanders a big deal. He makes Ocasio-Cortez AOC a big deal when they're not as big a deal as is. But he keeps them his biggest enemies because they're the far, far left. Um, it just skews politics. It, it makes politics here very painful. Yeah. The other thing is there is no suitable Democratic candidate who can take him. No. Yeah, exactly. Hillary was their best chance. Oh, I don't uh, know. No, I, think, no. I think there's no, plenty no, no, better no. than Hillary. I think no, Biden or definitely. Bernie are both better than Hillary. But um, but I agree that it's like, probably... I, I would, she's one of the most hated politicians. Was, Whether you like her or not, she's one of the most hated politicians yeah, in yeah. history. I mean. Yeah, and, and, I'm, I'm, uh, and I'm, there's definitely people out there. There were definitely Democratic candidates that I was looking at going like, all right, if this person runs, I actually think they might have a chance. It's just that the, um, the Democratic Party... It, that what their views are on what is an acceptable person to go against Trump is uh is just way off base. Like that, I don't I don't yeah. have any clue what they're doing. To put Honestly, easy, it's too, it's fine. Somebody, somebody that can win Pennsylvania. If if Democrat can win Pennsylvania, that that's it. We have a Democratic president. But good luck doing that. <laughs> um, I I'd, I'd want to just uh just go back a couple of times because um, I, I, I was sure that uh, the unemployment thing was, was not correct. And I just wanted to check it up, uh, check on it. So I looked at the unemployment rates um, in America um, 
taken by, sorry, who was it? The US Bureau of Labor Statistics um, have been obviously recording the unemployment rate for since the 20s or something like that. So from 2000 and between 2008 and 2009, it peaked at 9.9%. So in the four years from there, it dropped 2%. Then in the four years from there, it dropped uh, 2.7, 2.9%. And then since Trump has come into office, it has dropped 1%. So when you're talking, so the, the unemployment rate, yes, it's continued. It's been a trend of decreasing for like well well before trump came into office so when he's like oh yeah it was my my policies are what's doing this is it his policies are the reason that the drop is slowing down or because well no they're they're continuing yeah the thing was when you say it peaked in 2008 and 2009 Mm. uh, that's not good i mean no that was during a it was like during the a recession, financial recession we've seen in one one of the worst ones in history. Yeah. So um, I think looking at percentage, it's hard there because there's big changes to be made as opposed to right now things are going to be a little slower. So okay. I think yeah, that's exactly. unfair. To, I think it's unfair to compare um, numbers to these numbers since a recession one is not. Um, yeah, yeah, no, but, and, but, what, but what I'm saying is like so so since then policy has been putting into place over the last like. 10 years, right? Okay. Well, Trump was yep. not president. All right. And what we've seen is a steady, a, a continual decline in the unemployment rate in the US, which is a fantastic thing. All right. But then for Trump to start his presidency a couple of years ago and say, um, the decline has continued because of my policies. I think you can't, you can't say that. You can't say that because of his policies, the unemployment rate has decreased. Because the unemployment rate was decreasing and has been decreasing for years. And all of the policies that were implemented before he got into office probably play a way bigger part in the the unemployment rate dropping and continuing to drop than Trump's policies. Yeah, it's hard to say. Um, It's hard to say. It's impossible to prove. It's impossible to prove that. yeah, but but exactly. So it's okay. So it's impossible to prove. So why yeah. would he make the claim? So why is he why is he well, saying he's, he's that? always going to claim oh. it? I guess. Well, yeah, he, he's going to claim the victory. Well, like I said, he he wants these victories. That's how he, he stays popular. He, he needs to claim these victories as him. It's so frustrating. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, but as far as the moving, other... you can't say he didn't. You can't say he did. So like, it, it, it's a very short topic of conversation there, which I think benefits him. And he's the one who is currently in the driver's seat of a booming economy. Yeah. So, yeah. so I think you can't say it's not him. Do you know Easier what? than you could say it's him. It's, yeah. it's unfair to say. It is unfair to say whether or not it is by his policies. Because obviously, yes, there was a trend when the recession hit. There, it's So take it for that. The recession hit, it's bad. Then... More and more people are getting jobs, as they should. That's what happens in when recessions finish. But his continuing policies is what's creating benefits. Even even before he was president, and he was saying that he's going to uh, bring more jobs, he's going to lower, uh, he's going to make the GDP better, and he's going to bring manufacturing jobs. 
um, Obama, would, I think it was during like a, a meeting or something, Obama said, and I quote, how exactly are you going to do that? What exactly are you going to do? He just says, well, I'm going to negotiate a better deal. Well, what, how exactly are you going to negotiate it? What magic wand do you have? And the usual answer is, he doesn't have any. He then brings back manufacturing jobs and he makes these trade deals. $250, uh, $250 billion trade deal with China has just been negotiated. The US-Mexico-Canada uh, trade deal has begun. The, um, America are now exporting more oil than I think they're third now in the world or they're doing incredibly well with oil exports. They are exporting rice to China. They are selling rice to China. They are doing well for themselves. They, they are making great strides. And Obama says, what is this magic wand? As if Obama didn't think the trend was going to continue. It, it did. He got these jobs back. Um, I, I just the don't see the benefit continues. of knocking him. I, I mean, I, the trend continued. I don't see the benefit of knocking him. Even yeah. if it wasn't his direct fault, the trend is continuing. Fair. Unemployment is yeah. dropping. Fair. It is good. Yeah. What about his yeah. um, imposing of tariffs, though? Do you know much about the tariffs? They seem like a really terrible economic policy. Um, well, it depends on what the tariff is. So tariffs from China? Tariff, tariffs on China. Uh, well, I guess you'd say tariffs on exports from China. Yeah, so um, in order is to that bring, more to do with... So in order to bring manufacturing back to the US, um, it seems like a really um, protectionist policy that's that's not very good in, in theory or practice. Well, I think no. it doesn't do much because they just match it with how they their tariffs to us, so it kind of balances out. For everything we do, they just take one step and make sure that money comes back. Yeah. So the actual yeah. plus and minus there is very minimal. It's that's just it. things the... in the... But the only people that pay for tariffs are consumers and companies within um, the US, which is really bad. And that's a lot of the reason why the companies have been investing less. Yeah. That seems to be one of his biggest economic policies that I that like. That at least that's publicized. Like, fair enough, I might not know some of the smaller things that go on, but... Um, is this like, like Nike? Who? Like companies like Nike... Is this like companies like Nike where he's taking jobs away from China as in forcing manufacturing to be done in America. Yeah, I believe that's the less that's the sweatshop. Of them. Yes. So getting rid of sweatshops. Could be, yes. But we also lose in things like our graphics cards and cell phones. Now they're just more expensive than ever. At the expense of sweatshop workers. So there's a, I mean, there's definitely an ethic, like you could take a defensible position with saying there should not be sweatshops in China. Um, and that's a that's a different argument, I feel, but at the detriment of America's economy, because when you bring back the reason that companies outsource that labor is because it's so ridiculously cheap to make iPhones and Nikes and whatever over there. And then the the price is carried on back to the consumer. If, if, if you had to manufacture iPhones in America, they'd be like five thousand dollars each. How much does it cost to make an iPhone in America? A whole lot more. No, no, no. Cost. In in. In, in China. So how much does it cost to get a sweatshop worker in China to make the iPhone? So how much know, does do you know? the material cost? How much does the material cost and how much does the labor cost? I don't know. Do you know? I'm not sure. I reckon it would be a whole lot less than... How much does an iPhone? A thousand bucks? Yeah. Like I reckon it would be a whole lot less than a thousand bucks. In fact, definitely. I would argue it would be a whole lot less than a hundred bucks. Yeah, definitely. And yeah. if the only thing... So the material... 
Would it be more expensive to purchase the materials in China or America? Maybe a little. The labor, would it be more expensive? Significantly. The fact of the matter is, the profit margin, people will still buy iPhones. Like, even if an iPhone... Look, man, I, yeah, I reckon they would. And that's people a good would thing, still buy iPhones. That's a good thing for the American economy to have things like Nikes and iPhones and thing, and, and like just every goods. I'm only picking these, but um, having companies have to pay their construction workers like way more money than they pay these um, offshore workers, you know? Yes, absolutely. At the expense of... At the expense of sweatshop workers, yes. If here, here's that, the though? scenario, That's, but it's 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 here's definitely the, it's not economically better, not at all. Are no, you saying ethically he, it's better? Okay, so ethically, yeah, paying sweatshop workers, although it's a job, it's not good. First of all, sweatshops you, aren't good. I think, think we can all agree with that. True, but yes. do you think China's economy has gone a lot better in the last twenty, thirty years since uh, labor has been exported there? I'm pretty sure China's doing pretty damn well. I think yeah, they're yeah. kicking ass, to Damn be honest. Um, a lot of labor's but been exported there. Here's, here's a scenario, one of many potential scenarios. If you bring the iPhone, the construction, back to America and the cost of parts remains relatively the same, the cost of labor is drastically increased and they say, all right, because the labor's increased, we need to increase the cost of the phone itself. What will happen is Americans will, one of two things, either they will still buy the product because capitalism wins and they will just want to buy it, or people will say, no, we won't buy it. What will then happen is the company selling the product will say, well, do we keep it at the $5,000 or do we take a loss and we keep trying to sell it? Do we want to sell more at a cheaper price or do we want to keep it exclusive and have fewer sales at a higher price, they will find the balance. The company will say, what is the... What is the... Sorry. I'm going to say, the... what is the... Cut out. <laughs> Sorry. There's a term in economics. It's like, what is the, the cost benefit or what is the best projected thing? More of a product for a cheaper price or a more expensive product but less people get. There is a perfect point every company will be able to find within a second. They seem like terrible things economically for a company and for the consumers though. Why would they not just continue? Why would they not want to um, outsource the labor so that they can have cheaper products for the consumer if you, and the company doesn't? If you outsource them? the labor, if you outsource the labor to 100,000 Chinese people doing work, instead of giving it to 100,000 Americans, that is less money in the American economy. Unless those people who are workers um, can't afford to buy iPhones because they're working in construction and they don't have a whole lot of money anyway and now iPhones are below $5,000. Don't get an iPhone then. Yeah, but that's a, that's a bad thing for Americans. Yeah, that, yeah, that's bad for the economy because then they're not spending their money, in, which means that the economy is worse off. And these are quality of life things that are great for your country. Yeah, but well, I'm not saying you need to... <coughs> sorry. You don't need to buy... An iPhone for your quality of life to be good. It is an accessory. It is, it's not the same. If Apple starts saying, all right, less people are buying iPhones, they will drop the price of the iPhone. The market will correct itself. The plain and simple thing is, where would you rather 100,000 jobs to be? In sweatshops in China or in America? Like, are we having in America, a conversation now? I mean, I would definitely wouldn't rather them... In America, because that hurts the company. I don't care about the company whatsoever. I care about 
the 100,000 Americans who do not have a job is those 100,000 jobs are outsourced to a different country simply to make it cheaper for a company to produce delicacy. second thing is, iPhone costs $5,000. I will not buy an iPhone. People who can afford to buy $5,000 iPhones. The yeah. delicacy. But Apple will then one day say, whoops, okay, we've lost 20% of our consumers. Um, does the loss of those 15 or 20% actually detrimental because now the iPhone's, you know, five times the price can actually afford to lose five times or five, uh, you know, maybe 20% of our customers because it will even itself out. If they want more consumers, they will drop the price. They will do what is necessary to make that company float, but they will do it simply out of greed. By bringing jobs back to America and putting tariffs on uh, work that's exported, it will force them to make a choice. It's not a bad thing. I don't care about soulless companies like Apple who no, but give work to course, sweatshop workers. Of course, we don't care about them, but they're, but they're part of the American economy and them doing well is a very, very good thing for the American economy. Absolutely, but they will do well regardless, uh, even if jobs think... are... Uh... Well, how do you know? How do you know? Uh, uh, until you see it. Until they get until they well, get screwed over. Until... Until, until you, until you see it. And they stop investing yeah. and then Trump has to go and, oh, crap, better go make a deal with China. Then, yeah. then we'll but see. that's the thing. When you see it happen, then you'll, then you'll know. But until then, it's all scenarios. I guess you could ask a lifelong economist, someone who could actually say, yeah, look, this has probably happened before. To be fair, it probably has happened before. Oh, yeah. I mean, um, all the, econom like, the, the experienced economists really agree. Like, it's, been, it's pretty good. Like, uh, tariffs are pretty bad. Like, that's pretty well demonstrated. Or your economy. Yeah, okay. Yeah, okay. I think, I think, uh, I think, but I think that the thing is, is that the, the tariffs are bad short term, but long term, they set America up for like, it's like a transition of like the role, the company's role. You know what I mean? So, like, in the short term, economists look at it and they go, these are really bad. We're going to see like a fallout from these. But then in the long run, when manufacturing moves, moves to the US and companies get established and it's creating more jobs and there's more people earning and spending and stuff like that, in the long run, it's better for the US. Not necessarily. Is, that's, that's definitely well, not I mean, necessary. Yeah, to be seen, but I think that's the theory behind it. So a lot of economists oh, yeah, freaked out and were like, oh my God, these tariffs are terrible. No, but, they're, no, um, but they, they do, they've done longitudinal studies as well and understand that it's like um, long-term uh, costs. And, and it's very bad in the short term and medium term. But I mean... Like it, it just seems like it's very like having a protectionist kind of view on your economy seems very um in, like anti free market because it's like why would you artificially stop this source of labor if you can if you can do this and like it's a really good thing for your company it's great for consumers they get everything at a really cheap price the, the reason that labor moved to offshore was because it was a really good thing for the economy globalization has been an amazing thing for the economy this is the reason that. Um, people all around the world can have things like iPhones. I I don't know. Uh, it just seems like an all around negative thing. Yeah, yeah, nah. Um, I I don't buy it. I feel like the primary thing should be jobs, jobs, jobs. Um, having but, jobs in the so country, there's, having there's more a, people in the country is good for an economy. But that's a, that's a certain class of people that you're increasing the, and and even then you might not be increasing them because things are more expensive for them. There's there's a whole lot of different classes of people that aren't just very very low skilled manufacturers. 
But uh, the thing is, we're talking sweatshops with eight-year-olds. Yeah, the so... average American could create an iPhone with the proper instructions. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, like a, a really low-skilled worker, right? Yeah. Yeah, you don't need college education. Exactly. Um, so... I'm assuming you don't need college education. So there's a class of people that are possibly being helped by having uh, jobs, but you're... You're, uh, you're increasing the, the cost of a lot of different products to them. Um, you're increasing the cost to the company. You're increasing the cost to everyone else who isn't a low-skilled manufacturer worker. Seems like a bad thing. That's a sacrifice I'm willing to make. Well, it's just interesting to be like, I'll sacrifice the American economy. Or is this a moral thing that Trump's doing? Does he really not like sweatshops? That's, like, that's a defensible position for sure. In a different argument, I, I can't speak position. for him. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, says he's doing so well in the economy, and he's like, I'm just trying to point out no. things that seem bad. I think he's just trying to build more Trump towers. More towers. <laughs> more towers. In Greenland. <laughs> so you have to leave soon. Um, oh yeah. I dude. wanted to hear anything about, or if you had any thoughts on kind of how. A new new age problem we have in this century is kind of company oversight. So big problem is Google, Apple. Um, you know they own the product, they own the market, they own the advertisements, and then they sell it themselves. Um, should we have any regulations against them? Um, some sort of mediator, because you know if they make the product, they sell it, they can make the price, they can it can be as corrupt as they want. Mm. Um, I know, like Elizabeth Warren, that's a lot of her big, the big question is, does anybody deserve to have that much money? You know, $10 billion, $30 billion, trillion dollars. It's kind of unreal whenever we have, we're talking trillions of dollars whenever people are complaining about millions being taken in food stamps. Like that's chump change compared to these financial oversights that they're getting. Tax breaks for Apple and Google seems a little ridiculous. Mm. And, and I know that, I know that Trump is, like didn't he's put in like more tax cuts for big business yeah it's kind of scary like where people are people abusing the system food stamps or you know not having health insurance and taking care of our taking advantage of our healthcare system but that's pretty small pennies compared to the amount of money these companies are making um I feel like I feel like it's not necessarily like a negative thing though I feel like every 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 president has like, I don't know, put taxes in place and they always kind of pander to big business a bit because it's like, you know, as much as, as much as people earning a crap ton of money and having a crap ton of money and they, they get out of a lot of taxes, they still pay a lot of taxes as well compared to your average person. So it's like, it's kind of one of those things where it's like, you need, you need, you need them. You need rich people. You know, yeah. Um, and I think the transparency and how they operate is a little odd. You know, they mm. who knows what we're actually buying? They're setting the price. They're advertising it. They because, like, say you want to advertise a new phone. Mm. How are you going to beat Google? Ninety five percent of searches go through Google. So how are you going to sell your product on Google <laughs> when they already sell the whole product? It's like a soft monopoly that they have on everything, basically. It's, kind of, it's a new age problem. You know, we've never really had anything like this, mm. and there's been no takes to weaken it. Or because yeah. capitalism, we want more people in the market, right? More people in the market is a healthy thing. 
we're Vince right now. I'm thinking America, we have like three internet providers. Um, over the last 10 years, I think it used to be like 10. Um, there used to be much more phones. Now it's Apple or Android. Go kill yourself. If not, um, it's just like these monopolies are, I think in the long term, I think they're going to be a little, um, troublesome for our economy. Yeah, for sure. Without, without competition, I think just this work, competition has been bad for the economy. Yeah. I think I always wonder, um, the, I wonder if the, um, cause I, I think it's a good thing to be care, care, caring about the poor, right? But um, a lot of the care about the for the poor seems to come from this like vehement hatred of the rich, which is understandable. But also, um, I think people also a lot of the time need to work out whether they're just hating on rich people or really care about poor people. You know, because it's no use yeah. just hating on rich people if you're not going to do anything for the for the marginalized and the poor. Yeah, I, I think I just get frustrated when I hear people complain about people taking advantage of food stamps when that is such a tiny. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. Yeah. Um, there's, there's always, um, that's or similar rhetoric in Australia too. Cause we have like an incredible, we're not like a social democracy. Oh, geez. Someone dropped oh. out. Oh, he's back. No, he's not. He's there. Right. I think he had to go. You have to go. Yeah. Yeah. He was, yeah, he's right. sat, he was saying he's got to leave in 10 minutes. Right, in the chat. Cool. Um, so, um, let me let me just uh sorry you guys chat i'll try and work out the uh the old thing i'm just saying thanks for the chat uh just so you guys know he was uh he was catching a bus um so, he, was catching uh, a bus. he was catching a bus so in america so he was like I, i've got a certain amount of time that um we kind of hit <laughs> our two two hour mark then and uh so we probably need to be wrapping up soon anyway um yeah so i don't He's gone. i just don't um in terms of in terms of tr um trump though like i definitely agree that like more oversight is needed and stuff like that but i don't think that um that trump has like really done much on this issue if you know what i mean mm. yeah i don't um, think he's and, done much on many issues no yeah that's true i think he's definitely focused on like a couple uh, he's like big ticket items you know and like kind of focused on them um but we are, uh, we're getting there. Um, did you, I, I wanted to talk a little bit about, and I know we're kind of like in the, in the boat now where we're kind of all a bit pro Trump. I mean, sorry, not pro Trump. Um, <laughs> what are you doing? We're anti-Trump. But doing? I wanted to talk a little bit about uh, Iran and, um, and get your feelings, uh, Pablo, on, on, on the assassination. Uh do you think it was a good thing? Do you think it was a bad thing? I think it, it, nothing good came of it. Um, you know, the U.S. has had discussions of maybe killing Soleimani for a long time, and the answer has always come back with, it's not worth it. It's going to create more problems than harm. You know, we can't just kill people because they're bad people. Um, we're just going to start dropping drones on people that are bad. Next, Kim Jong-un next, Putin next. Like, what are we just going to drop bombs? Um so, and he's just a figurehead, the person we killed. There's always somebody next to take over his ploy, and they're, they're going to be even more spiteful now that we killed him. Um, mm. He was a public figure. He wasn't some guy hiding in a cave. You can't just kill other people's politicians, whether you agree with them or not. Um, so, yeah, he 
he said, I don't think who Soleimani was a week before the assassination. Um, but he says it's a safer place now that he's dead. I think that's completely just nonsense. It makes no sense. Um, I would probably, it, I would probably agree with him. Like, I mean, as much as as much as I I agree that assassinating, I I don't think it's in America's place. I don't think it's Trump's place to make that call that like someone needs to go. Um, I think that there is definitely a strong argument to be made that this guy was a terrible, terrible person and that he contributed to the suffering of the public of Iran. And I think that the world is probably better off without him, but I just don't, I don't agree with the fact that, uh, that it's his call to make. I mean, the world might be better, but there's more unrest than ever in Iran. That's pretty dangerous. Um, Mm, That's true. That's true. As far and he didn't go about it the typical way. He didn't speak to Congress. You know, typically if you want to carry out a strike or do an assassination, like when George Bush did it, when Obama did it, you seek Congress's approval. It's just mm. balance of powers, man. You can't just yep. kill That's the, the um, scary, he was, like, no authority about it. Like, there was no talk about it. Yeah. Mm. That's, uh, a, that's a bit scary. And I think a lot of it was a major ploy of we just impeached him, so it, it makes impeachment proceedings a little difficult whenever we're on the verge of war. Um, or it seems things have kind of calmed down, but it, I don't know, it, it just seemed ridiculous to just kill somebody. I don't think it, mm. I mean, yeah, it doesn't need to be a murder. The guy was a bad guy, but there's a lot more people that we just need to kill with drone strikes then. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Did you did you see the uh, did you see the the thing where it was like uh, there was like a video floating around um, of Trump back when uh, Obama was going for re-election, um, mm-hmm. and uh, it was Trump saying, "Just you watch, uh, Obama's going to start a war with Iran." Yeah, 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 to get re-elected. So it seems like he's stronger. And, yeah, and then and it turned out that Obama didn't do that, but then. When Trump's going for re-election, and it looks like maybe it's a bit touch and go, he starts a war with Iran. Yeah, he has a, a lot of tweets that really did not age well. Um, where he's bashed Obama, and the next thing you know, he's doing the same thing now that he's in those shoes. Um, yeah, pretty hectic. I think um, um, the intro, like for me, I mean, the consequence of him being dead, he was a pretty bad dude. Seems like it's possible that he had some... Um, well, he definitely had malintent all over the place. Um, Trump said that he was like they killed him because he had attacks planned on U.S. Um, embassies and citizens, which is a, a yeah. probably a good reason to kill oh. someone. Trump's uh, secretary Secretary of Defense though said they killed him because of um, what he's done in the past, not because of what he was going to do, um, which is a bad reason to kill someone, in my opinion. Um, yeah. But uh, the the worst part to come out of it is that the the entire Iran deal is just like gone, and that was a and like that was a really good thing to be able to yeah. um, monitor Iran uh, to the the goal of it being that they won't have nuclear arms. Now it's just kind of like, you know, that we might not see the repercussions of this assassination for like two years, and it might be like really bad. Um, that's mm, not yeah. out of the question, but I guess you don't know now because we don't ever deal with them. We don't able to see there. It's kind of like, yeah. don't make nuclear arms. Otherwise, you know, we, we're going to get you. But there's no reason not to. Anyway. Yeah, and one thing that's odd is he finally trusts his intelligence. The week before, he was saying that the intelligence is corrupt and they're brainwashed and it's all bogus. Like, he can't trust the CIA anymore because they're they're against him. 
But mm. then the next week he's, oh, I trust that intelligence. I need to kill that man now. Like, what? Yeah. To what end? He definitely, uh, he definitely flip flops quite a lot. You know, Dang. like for for example, when when they were pulling out of Iraq, all right, and and pulling out of that area in general, um, like a month or so before this the attack, or a couple of months before the attack, you. Trump was speaking about non-intervention that America needs to focus on its own interests back home. And we like, we don't, we shouldn't be involved in this area and it's not our place. We shouldn't have gone there in the first place and all this kind of stuff. But then, then when it, when it suits him, he just like flips straight back and be like, well, he was a really bad person. Like we need to get involved, you know? And yeah, that just, oh man, it's so, it's so dangerous when you can't, when you can't pin someone down as like, okay, this is what they're going to do, especially when they're like leading leading a country, you know, it's they're there. He's what's the word for it when someone is like like unstable? He's unstable, you know, and and that's and I feel like that's everybody. The whole world's view of the U.S. right now is that it's unstable, you know, mm. and I just don't think that's that's really great. Um, I have. Obviously, it's a bit hard because obviously we all agree on things. I want to put it to you guys. Is there anything that Trump has done that you agree with, that you are one, that oh, you're yeah. not, maybe not even 100% on board with, but that you like, you're like, yeah, that was a really good thing? Yeah, he did um, prison reform, actually, early on in his presidency. He, he took away a lot of crimes from people that, crimes that are now not seen as severe. So people, somebody that, say, was carrying a gram of marijuana was mm-hmm. put in jail for years. He, mm-hmm. A lot of those people have been taken out of jail because, you know, we now know that marijuana is not heroin. Um, yeah. mm. So a lot of people that were put on really strict terms, whether it be due to um, the times. So for example, a lot of African-Americans were put in jail for really ridiculous sentences um, due to the, co- the country being openly anti-African-American at that time. Um, so a lot of those people have gone out now, he has kind of, like a lot of things, he hasn't done anything more with it. He just did something to get press and then hasn't touched it since. So I don't know if he, he, he hasn't done much else, but I did like his, his first moves on prison reform. Prison reform? Yeah. The um, okay. new trade deal with China trade looks trade. like it's um, going to be really good for the future, for sure. Doesn't yeah. seem like yeah. it's much now. Like um, it's kind of just like an agreement to like, Kind of get stuff going. It's a future, like a, uh, to get future stuff going. Definitely, like two fifty billion in the future. That's a great thing. Uh yeah, no, one hundred percent. I would agree with that. Anything else? Um, cool. Yeah. <laughs> what about you, work? Um, yeah, I was, I was going to say the the trade deal, um, because I was, I've, I've been reading a little bit about it recently because obviously it's pretty pretty fresh and pretty new but um yeah that was i didn't know about i didn't know much about the prison reforms i remember i do now that once you mentioned it i remember hearing about um like back like a few years ago kind of thing but um yeah. i'd completely forgotten about it in the in the wake of the overwhelming ridiculous overwhelming amount of conspiracies mass yeah. information something blatant. i think i think that that's there's something to be said yeah yeah I think that's something to be said with that as well is how um, how his his the ridiculousness of his presidency the the way that he tweets about everything and he's always throwing shade at people and attacking back when people like attack him and um, attacking people left right and center it not only covers 
the bad things that he's doing and like throws misinformation out there, but it also hides the good things that he does as mm. well. Yeah, definitely. Because you get, you get distracted by like from looking at actually what's happening mm. by looking at the show. I'm sure you there's know, a lot I mean, more good stuff that he's done that hasn't been reported on for sure. No, yeah, I would say so. But like that, that I feel like that's a product of his own making, you know, yeah, because to an extent. The, the, he came out, he came out like, and, and created this show, this big show. He made it a show. He made it entertainment. All right. And, um, and I think that people saw that and were like, all right, well, if he wants this, like, we're going to give it to him. But I, I'm, it's so, it, and I think that he did it because he, he, he want, he, he needs to work in the shadows a little bit, you know, like quite a lot of the stuff he's doing is not stuff that um, is necessarily great for the country. That is um, that he needs to get it under the rug a little bit. And um, he, he manages to do that by like distracting people. But um, I think that we need to be really on the case of getting the facts to people yeah. rather than rather. And I don't think, I don't think that the mainstream media has done this well. And I, I was talking to fresh a little bit about this before that. I think that um, the democratic party and the le left wing media have done themselves a really huge disservice in how they, instead of, instead of um, taking the high ground, they got down and dirty with Trump and, and bought into his whole uh, like pony show and started attacking him with like everything and throwing things at, like, like making it, making it a show, making it entertaining for everybody to watch instead of focusing on facts and inf information being like, mm. okay, well this, like, you know, he, he's in imposing tariffs instead of making it this massive show being like, all right, well, these are the facts you know, and like laying it all out. I don't think they've really done that very well. And I think, and I was saying to, uh, to Fresh before that, uh, before you rocked up today, that I think that that's part of the reason why the Democratic Party is, or like why Trump is going to win the, the election is because all of Trump, the people that did end up supporting Trump last election, they've seen the way that these guys are acting. And whereas with Trump, it was like... Um, it was kind of like, oh, bucking the trend. They saw him as something like a little bit fresh and, and different to the usual. And they wanted the pot to be stirred up a little bit. Now they're seeing it happen back to him. And it's just, it's ingrained them. Trump has become like the underdog, the the victim. And yeah. it's like entrenched them as Trump supporters instead of them being like, being like, oh, okay, well, I was supporting this guy, but actually these guys are civil like real human beings over here and Trump is actually just like crazy. Instead mm. what they what they see is they go, "Oh, well, everybody's crazy, you know, but Trump yeah. was doing it first and these guys are attacking him." Mm. Yeah, it comes with that everybody a lot of times people defend Trump with those statements. "Oh, well, everybody's doing it." Like whenever we were saying earlier, "Well, he lies." Well, well all politicians lie. Mm. Yeah. You can't just you can't just that can't be your only defense for the man is, "Oh, well, everybody does that." Mm. I think it's um I think it's a tough um product of I guess like capitalism because I don't know if the um I know that there's left leaning media and right leaning media and I assume that they're um, motivated by they have a, like a left audience or a right audience so they want the most amount of revenue and the most amount of clicks that they can get so they they yes. push like um, what's going to be the the you know, the most like alarmist rhetoric or like the the thing that's going to get the the most attention and often mm. these are things that are far too um, what would you say, like far too crazily on the left or whatever. 
So it's like, um, it's a hard problem to solve. Um, I also think we're getting desensitized a lot too. Um, I always think it's a, it's a problem that Trump will say something that no president usually would say. It's something like fairly crazy, like, like lie blatantly. And then within like a few hours, he's done another one. And it's almost like you forget about the first one because you're like, oh my goodness, he's done this one now. So it's like, it's like this desensitization to extreme things that he's doing through through just doing them over and over again. We're at like this weird point where, I don't know, I feel like a few presidents ago, if someone just lied so blatantly to everyone, it wouldn't be, it would be a big problem. But now all the Trump supporters say, well, everyone lies, whatever. Yeah, I know. Uh, and it's that I think, I think the main thing, and, and I, I have to, and I said, once again, I've said this a lot, this podcast, I was talking to you about this before fresh, but um, I am kind of of the opinion that look, he's doing some things that I don't, I disagree with. He's putting on this whole show. He, he lies. He's doing all these things that personally for me, make me go, I don't want him to be my, I wouldn't want him to be my president. I wouldn't want him to be my, the prime minister of Australia. Right. But, um, but at the end of the day, and an election happened in an agreed like that everybody was totally fine with not totally fine but they were fine with how the election process worked in the past he got elected he got fairly elected to be the president of the united states and at some point they the Amer- american citizens and the democratic party and the left wing need to be like okay as much as we don't like this guy he got he got elected so he's the president and we need to like kind of respect the people's wishes a little bit, if yeah. you know what I mean. Um, and I don't think that they're doing that. And I think that Ed, that's going to, that's backfiring in their face because he got elected, you know, which means yeah. that 50%, I think it was, it was pretty close election. So like, let's, let's go with 51, 52% of the country. Of the States. Yeah. Want, yeah. Wanted. Well, he actually he um, lost the popular vote. He yeah, he lost, the popular, he, he lost the popular vote. Yes, sorry, I did. I did know that. But still, but, yeah, I agree. But he got, he got elected. So what I'm saying is like, the, there's a huge majority. He's there's a not majority, but there's a huge amount of the population that wanted Trump as president. So when the Democratic Party come out and go like, "This is the worst president. You guys all made a mistake," and start attacking Trump and attacking that side, that side goes like, "Hey, whoa, like." Yeah. You know, like back back off, you're attacking me, yeah, yeah. you know, and, and we won. Yeah. And, and I just think they've, they've played it really badly. I've said it before. The left are really dumb politically a lot of the time. And it's very unfortunate. Mm. And there's so many news sources that like are like, yeah, Fox news on the right side, then you have MSNBC on the complete left side. If you want to find anything in the middle, such as NPR or even the I mean, New York times is getting a little right, but or a little left. I mean, but, I only read NPR and New York Times. I go to Fox News a lot to see the stuff they're talking about, but you probably go right now and the big headline is something about a Muslim person in America. Yeah, I don't, I don't really... Look, I don't tend to go to one publication or another. I can, what I, my, my usual way that I, I try to find things is I'll be like, I'll, I'll hear about something or I'll look at, like, see a news article somewhere that just crosses my path and then I'll google for like opposing opinions to it so i'll be like um for example the trump the trump uh the new deal i was like i read about it and then i was like um left wing and right wing views on the new trump trade deal and i like read both sides and then like kind of form my opinion based on what i've read from both of them um yeah i uh 
yeah, like 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 I said, I'm not um, I'm kind of it's weird because I'm, and, and people don't like saying this, but I'm not really anti-Trump. I I dislike him and I dislike the things that he does, and I think it sets a terrible precedent for the presidency and for future elections and for the the like it used to be that the presidency held some gravitas you know like it was like it was this place of honor and prestige and and trust and now it's not it's not that anymore and it will never it'll never go back to being that i don't think (laughs) ever no people trust politics less now than they ever have yeah and it's it's yeah it's become it's a show now it's a it's a the campaign is is no longer about finding someone that's like the best fit for america it's about like the show and your pop how popular you are and um whether you're entertaining and and i just really think that's a bad precedent that's been set and i that's what i that's what i dislike most about trump is i hate i don't hate him sorry i i dislike him for that um that and obviously like i perceive him as being like semi-racist and um and and quite sexist and stuff like that i just think he's a really bad role model yeah yeah well should we um we've reached two hours should we we wrap it on up yeah i think it's probably as good a time as any to any to end um we do though i just um i while we were talking i i looked up a few of the stats so um i obviously mentioned the unemployment rate before (laughs) um but when we were talking about immigration um so the the department of homeland security has shown that legal immigration has declined by seven percent between 2016 and 2018 um so so when when it was like uh when lunch before was like oh um it it's increased the amount of immigration since trump's come in there's been increases that's not true. Uh, and in terms of the tariffs, uh, I've gone to, so the US Tax Foundation Board of Economists has made the prediction that um, that Trump's administrative administration's imposition of the tariffs on China, along with the retaliatory actions taken by the trading partners, will reduce economic output, income, and employment in the long run um, is what their kind of like general consensus is. Um, makes sense. Yeah, and it makes sense. So it's like, it's all very well to be like, to, oh, take the high ground on like moral like that. But when it comes to, um, when it comes to the, the reason for the tariffs, which was for the economy and, and the improvement in the economy, I don't think you can make that, um, that, argument unless you're looking at the unless you're looking at one specific area which is unemployment um long-term unemployment in the u.s mm-hmm. but, yeah anyway so i just That's wanted right. to touch on those things just because we were chucking it i i do i do dislike it even though i know it's kind of necessary for the the, the style of our conversation when when we're kind of like well I, I like i'm pretty sure that the it's going like it's going down you know like um, there's, there's better, I, I hate it when you just kind of like throw out stats, but we don't mm. have any, like anything to back it up. So, um, yeah, just thought is. I'd chuck them in there as well, but it's uh, hard to like yeah. ask people to grab stats, like on the fly. It's not, it's on not the very, fly, like, no, imp- yeah. to like ask lunch to do that would not be very fair. 
Um, yeah, hundred percent. But I guess at the same when, time, if you claim big things like that, the immigration has gone down. When yes. like Trump's policies, like it would make sense if the if it immigration. Wait, sorry. Yeah. He claimed that he claimed that legal migration has gone up, but it doesn't make any sense compared to what the Trump policies that he's put in. Yes, it's exactly. It's good to have to look them up and and check. and and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna sit there and be, and be like, um, hey, lunch, provide us with yeah, yeah, like yeah, yeah. A, a source. But a when I hear that, that and I go, hang on a second, I've seen sources that counter that. I'm gonna go and find some sort. Like I'm gonna go and um, I'm gonna look it up and and let you know because. Rather than rather than asking you to provide a source, I'll provide a source. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, anyway, just thought I'd chuck that out there before we ended. But uh, mm, yeah, guys. All right. Yeah. Uh, look, thank you very much for listening. Fresh, mate. How was your beer? Oh, um, I don't like sours. I didn't realize it was a sour. My don't really like sours. I don't like sours. Yeah. Do you like sours? I'm not a massive fan. Uh-huh. I'm not a massive. Uh, how about fan, you, Pablo? No. You're a fan of sour beers? No, I, I I ruined sour beers. I drank an entire growler once. Oh right, like a three day. That's it. Yeah, that's nah. it. No more. Has, no more. Yeah, no. I, don't like it. I uh, I'm not I a massive like it was, fan. It I, was I, like it was tasty. It was tasty. Yeah. What are we? Are we doing out of twenty? I mean, I'll give it a, a an eleven out of twenty. Like it was. It was. Well, if I someone mean, likes sours, it would probably be a really good beer. Four Pines are a yep. great brewery. Um, in terms of uh, my Carlton Dry, uh, I it was definitely not bitter. So low bitterness. Check. It was definitely ultra smooth and uh, lower carb. I couldn't tell. In terms of taste, um, I to be honest, I it was like water. I didn't even realize I was drinking yeah, beer. Yeah, it's so water. It's actually crazy. I I drank this. I, at no point did I stop and go. I'm really enjoying this beer. I like <laughs> just drank it and it disappeared. And then I was I just when I was thinking about beer review, then was like, oh my god, I finished my beer and I didn't even notice. So yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna say, look, it, it's. You can definitely smash a lot of them. I can mm. imagine drinking. You could easily drink a lot of them, but not because it's tasty and not because you're enjoying it, just mm. because it disappears down your throat and you don't <laughs> notice. So I'm going to say, uh, I'm going to give this a five out of 20. Yeah. Um, five out of 20? Wow, that's, uh, that's yeah. pretty low, mate. That's pretty but low. Not, because, not because I didn't like it. That's very low for a beer but- that you did like then. <laughs> Just because it was, it was nothing. It was nothing. It's it nothing. nothing. It's a nothing beer. Nothing beer. You know, true, true. it's like, like, okay, if you're gonna drink this, like, you might as well drink something that you like. You know, <laughs> like, like something that you enjoy the taste of. True. Like, true. it's not even that like, cheap. True that. Yeah, the, those beers are never cheap. The ones yeah. that are just yeah. yeah, they're not even that cheap. Well, anyway, Pablo, uh, thanks so much for being here, dude. Uh, you can find him. Always in Twitch chat as the real Pablo Sanchez. Do you have any media that we can shout out, Pablo? Are you on Twitter? No media. No media. Um, yeah, I'm on Twitter as the real Pablo Sanchez. The real Pablo, the real Sanchez. Pablo Sanchez. Are you the nice. real Pablo Sanchez? Do you tweet, uh, do you tweet about politics much? So my, Twitter is, my Twitter is Hey Pablo Sanchez. Uh, I, I, I do tweet sometimes Donald Trump's uh, tweets that haven't aged well. <laughs> nice. That's great. I like yeah. that. But you know, I'm mostly on there just uh, just to watch. Nice. Not very active on Twitter. That's cool. Nice. Very nice. Uh, yeah. And uh, thank you to our other guest, Mr. Yeah, Lunch. Mr. Lunch. Even though he's not here, um, I'm not sure if he's like super active on social media or not. Uh, he's not at um, all. I'll see, him. Nah. I'll see him at work on Wednesday and tell him, good job, mate. You fought hard. Nice. <laughs> nice. Uh, but yeah, obviously, thank you to him for coming on, and uh, thank you, Fresh, for co-hosting with me. Yeah, um, obviously, 
We're on Fresh's channel. What are you up to this week? Anything? Um, oh, I'm Anything gonna get the new Dragon Ball Z game. I'm gonna play through the new Dragon Ooh, Ball Z game. It looks very really nice. Yeah. Very nice. Jump on that. Tomorrow. Uh, How about you? I, I am starting a new job this week. So oh, this week. Uh, this week, yeah. So um, until I, I'll probably stream once or twice, probably Fortnite. Um, but I'm a little bit in limbo at the moment, so I'm I haven't really got back onto the streaming train yet this year. But uh, yeah, watch okay. this space. I'm going to be starting up again soon. But uh, yeah, thank you. Oh, obviously, you can find me at Mr. Work TV as well. Sorry, I forgot we're not on my channel. We're on Fresh's <laughs> channel. But uh, Mr. at Twitch TV uh, forward slash Mr. Work TV or Mr. Work TV on Twitter. Uh, but yeah, thank you everybody for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed the debate. Um, I think the, the jury's still out on, on Trump, but uh, you know, <laughs> only time will tell. Uh, and I can't wait in five years time when a book or 10 years time when a book gets written and it's like, this is exactly what happened and the outcomes of all of his like policies and stuff like that. It will be a very right. interesting read right. um, because it, it, he is entertaining yep. to say the Absolutely. very least. Mm. Keeps Thank me, you keeps very much, reading. ladies and gentlemen. We'll catch you awesome, all next guys. time. See you later. Later, guys.